This is Steeler Country, episode 171 for the wild card round of the playoffs of 2015 when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 18-16, recorded January 12th, 2016. Uh, I mean, here. Okay, so I don't even. I don't actually know where to start in this game. I mean, it's like I, I said this. I said this uh, on the way home from the game. I was watching with my sister and brother, and I told them, "This is this is what a win that, that feels like a loss feels like. <laughs> this is this is that. This is a this was a win that felt like a loss. Uh, what an what an unbelievable turn of events." I still, I still can't even wrap my head around. Like I, I've watched the game a couple times now, and every time I watch it, it, it's just like, it's like when your team is losing, and then you know they're just gonna kneel on it. You're like, oh, maybe they fumble. You know, you're, you're dreaming up all the stupid scenarios. I could put, like, well, what if we scored with ten seconds left, and then we got the onside kick, and then, and then, and then it's like, but this time it actually happened. That's what I always say. <laughs> always say that fumble, touchdown. Onside kick, Hail Mary, touchdown. But look, I didn't feel that way because you keep saying or you have said that we got to that point where it, all all hope was lost. But I didn't get to that point because after the interception, I would have been at that point if they started kneeling it. Or if they even if they kneeled it and kicked the field goal, we were still going to get the ball back and be down by less than a touchdown. So anything can still happen. And um and and we had three timeouts, so you know, you as long as they didn't get a first down, I thought we were still in it. Yeah, I just uh, when Ben got hurt, it was just like really, really. I mean, after everything that's happened this season, Ben Ben going down, and I'm sure the players felt this because the the entire team really fell apart post Ben's injury. Everything falls apart. Um, it, it just kind of had that deflating, like real again, really like Le'Veon goes down. Ben goes down, then it's just like, then Ben goes down again. It's like, what? Really? Like, this is how it's going to end? Is Ben's going to go down? Um, then they had the pass interference call, and I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, what? So they're going to get a penalty. Get a, you give them a free touchdown. Not even an earned touchdown. You give them a free touchdown. Now it's 15-7, to 7 and you're like, okay. I mean, you know, the wheels are falling off this thing. Then they get it. Then they drive down and get a field goal, and it's 15-10. to 10. I just, you know, the, it just kept spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. Uh, and I think, for me, the worst... Well, there's I don't know I don't actually know what the worst part was. There was a lot of parts in the game that were the worst, um, but Ben not coming out for that last drive, Ben being on the sideline and having that feeling of oh he's he's really hurt, like he's he's so hurt he can't play right now. Like even Ben can't play. Um, I don't know. It was just uh, yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, that was like the the moment when you're like, oh shit, no, we're done. We're actually that was done. very defeating at that point where Ben did not come out, where we thought he was going to be the hero and come out, and he didn't come out. And then I think it was next play, right? Or very next play, yeah, very next play interception. Mm-hmm. Tony wa- Tony gets up. I'll just give you guys a spoiler. <laughs> Tony gets up, walks out of the bar because at that point it's over. It's over. Okay, you got you got a backup quarterback starting in a in a playoff game against your division rival, a game in which our offense couldn't move the ball anyway, and now you're taking Ben out and putting our backup in. Um, it just felt like okay, this game. There's no point here because, like you said, Mike. Yes, there was still three timeouts left. Yes, they could have just knelt on it and kicked a field goal. 
and then we still would have had time to come back. But when Ben didn't come back in, I figured there's no chance Ben's coming back in at all then. If he's going to come, why not just come back in on that drive? Um, and then, you know, you're going to count on, you're going to count on Landry to go, to go 80 for a touchdown in, in this game? No, no, it's not, it's just, it's not possible. Um, well, they could have missed the field goal also. Right. Well, I hadn't seen the Minnesota game yet. <laughs> I guess if Seattle, Minnesota That's were true. for the game before, I would have stuck around. But I didn't, I mean, I, to be clear, I didn't miss the end of the game. I did not miss the end. So, uh, to be clear, I did, I did hear about the fumble via every single one of my friends texting me at the same moment, and I got into another bar. I didn't miss anything. But I did, I did rage quit the game. That happened. You know, I only lost hope for like one second because time was running out, and it was really on the play that was the penalty against, you know, the, the play of the game. Uh, Vontez hitting AB. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that, if that pass was incomplete, with no penalty, which that's what we saw for at least one second of that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, what, 18 seconds left. It was third down. Mm-hmm. We had no timeouts. Right, we had right. no, we had no timeouts. So then you had, a th- you had to get 15 more yards. You had to throw out of bounds, ba- or you had to throw it, get out of bounds, stop the clock, or throw it and spike it all within 18 seconds, which is very hard to do. Right. Or close to the, you know, that's the, you know, that's the, the point where you may not make it or you may not get set. So that's where, you know, I started seeing, like, the, this may not happen. Really? You, or, like, or it may be impossible. It may I be never, impossible yeah. to happen. I never was. When ben, when ben came in and was driving, yeah. I just, I mean, all you needed was, like, one missed tackle or one Antonio Brown, anything he's done the whole season, to run and get in field goal range, and as long as we can stop the clock. Right. When I heard on the radio that Ben came back in for the last drive, it was like, oh, okay, well... Here we go again. Like now, now it's possible. Now, now I'm checked back in. Um, yeah, Ben being back in. I never lost faith in that last drive. That last drive, we get down to like close to midfield, and I'm thinking, or at midfield, and I'm thinking, okay, it's just from here, I'll take Boswell. I'll take my chances with Boswell from 52, 51. I'll take my chances with that. Just get me in any kind of field goal range for Boswell, and just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. And then uh, instead of Ben giving us a chance, the Bengals decided, hey, you know what? I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a chippy. It, it it was frustrating on that drive though because it became obvious, I think, to everybody that Ben really couldn't throw the ball. This is an interesting. Okay, so people keep saying this, right? They keep saying, "Oh, Ben couldn't throw deep. Ben couldn't throw deep. Um, ben couldn't throw deep the whole game." Uh, I think they were like it took Ben. Well, Ben was. I mean, to to start, Ben was just off in this game. I mean, his first throw to, to Hayward Bay was it was like a third and eight. He just threw it off. Um, you know, there's like a, a wide receiver screen to Bryant on like the second or third drive that he just threw over his head. Um, you know, Ben was not having a great day. He was in the, you know, couldn't find guys downfield. And what was crazy to me is how much, how much of the game plan in this game relied on what I call, I call him TNT. I don't know if you guys want to call him, but Toussaint and Todman, uh, were a humongous part of this game plan. And not only, um, in the running game, but really getting the ball out of the backfield and, and, Really, it's it's Tucson that had a lot to do there. Um, yeah, I didn't think. I mean, like, yeah, clearly Ben's arm was injured uh, and he couldn't throw deep. But it wasn't like you know we were throwing the ball at twenty yards a clip earlier, and now all of a sudden we had to start checking down. I mean, the, I think the longest pass Ben threw in this game was like twenty yards in the air. I mean, I know he had the two, the one to Todman that goes for like thirty, and the one to Brown that went for like sixty. I mean, I think that was attributed to number one the weather, and number two the defense they were playing. Yeah, yeah, Ben was struggling. Ben was. 
And, I, you know, this is what I said coming into the game. Is like, I'm, what, the, the thing that worries me is you put it all on Ben, and he struggles like this, and then we just lose. And, you know, give, give, I mean, Fitzgerald Toussaint's like my favorite player on the team right now. And I know I, I waver on who my favorite, but Toussaint, what an amazing game that this kid had. 17 carries, 58 yards, and then the four catches, 60 yards that he had. Uh, including the one, and I think this is the one that was like the eye-opener for me, was the one on the last drive when Ben just kind of floated it and he did the over-the-shoulder catch on the sideline. I believe that was like a third down. That was a key play yeah. on that last drive. That was one of the plays of the game. Yeah, that was a, that was an unbelievable catch. So um, really, both of them. Great, great, great catch. I agree, I agree. And he made, a great, he made some great running catch plays in this game. Did a great job blocking. Um, yeah, Toussaint, dude, baller, baller. I, you know... It's one of those things where I don't want to say, like, well, if D'Angelo can't play, we're fine. I mean, we're not fine, but um, but we're not, like, we're not... The reason why this game didn't play out like it did, like, the game last year is because the the, the Steelers were able to run the ball with such efficiency. Yeah, they got the backs into it. But I, I didn't think Ben was off. Joe, did you think Ben was off that much, as much as Tony's saying? Um, no, but it would explain it would explain a little bit why the, the offense didn't put up as many points or wasn't, you know, I mean, I know it was rainy and it was shitty, shitty conditions, but, and that's what I attributed to is just, just that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, but as we know, you know, it only rained on, it only rained on the Bengals. <laughs> it wasn't actually raining on the, on Ben. Oh my so, gosh. So I guess I'll go with Tony's explanation. Right. That, right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, so maybe, maybe the uh, injury to Ben's arm, Late in the game was was it was already injured and then it was it, that just exacerbated it. Sort of reaggravation. You know, put yeah, like aggravation type of thing. Yeah, it was just like wow, like you know, this was already hurting me and bothering me, and now it just you know it's just this throbbing pain, you know, because he landed on it. Um, it so, would yeah, that would that would explain. I mean, at least part part of it. I mean, look, what, what's overlooked in this game is that the, the, this was the Steelers game. They had won this game. Okay, and then and then a rogue, a, a rogue guy um, on the other team hurt our quarterback. Okay, and you know they can make light of what 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 he did while he was on top of Ben, um, but he did it. He did it. He, like shoved his knee into him or whatever he did while he was you know acting like he was going to take the ball from Ben and score a touchdown. Right. Um, when Ben was obviously down, the whistle had already blown, um, and that was just you know the the fortieth play. That that man had been involved in like that. Um, the best linebacker on the field made the best play of the game, the most important play of the game. Um, and he is, he, he is, he, he has laid down, um, the marker to, and threw in his chips and said, I'm the next great Steeler linebacker last Saturday or whenever we played that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier was a, was, a great linebacker in the classic sense of the word, not a rogue, raving lunatic, okay, out of control, ready to cost his team the game, ready to paralyze the game's greatest receiver um, because he's because he's got some chip on his shoulder. No, this is a man who played a great game in the classic sense. He's he's the he may be the next guy in the line of. Jack Lambert and Greg Lloyd and, and, and James Harrison. Ryan Shazier made the play of the game. Ryan Hill did not fumble that ball by some happenstance. Ryan Shazier ripped 
the ball out of his hands exactly when we needed it and not a moment too soon. And then Ben Roethlisberger came on the field and moved the team down the field after being injured by this this rogue guy that ought to be thrown out of sports. Um, gets the team in a position now to where he can make one more play um, and and have Boswell come on and kick a field goal and and Maniac himself uh, cost the team cost their team uh, the game or or takes away any any doubt that Ben can deliver. We don't need to deliver anymore. Okay, but the but the Steelers already delivered. They had the game won until Ben went out. Uh, Shazier comes in, saves the day. Ben comes back in uh, and 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 puts the team in position to win um, or is ready to put the team in the position to win and then no longer has to do that uh, because of because of uh, of the rogue lunatic. So, you know, everybody go cry in your damn beer um, and, and, you know, maybe uh, and make sure you're you're sitting under a gray cloud because it's only going to rain on you. The uh, yeah, Ryan's no. When you think about, and, and I, I, I'm glad you're you're bringing up Ryan Shazier because he had. I mean, he was clearly the MVP of a defensive performance that was um, for the majority of the game. For like, let's say, 90% of the game was a, just an un- unbelievable performance. And everything that's been written or said about the Stevens, and every player that's been uh, that's been uh, every bad thing that's been said about the Stevens really flipped on its head in this game. If you look at the cornerback who had the best game in this day. In, was was clearly Antoine Blake, a guy who every single Steeler fan at some point this year has ripped to shreds. Statistically, he's been ripped to shreds as being one of the worst corners in the game. But he comes in and has and has a great game. Um, you know, it wasn't him getting burned on the touchdown. It wasn't him getting burned left and right. It wasn't, you know, like they're throwing at Antoine Blake's guy all night. Um, and he came up with a humongous interception. Uh, and then, you know, they, a lot has been made in the past couple weeks about the Steelers' ability to, to, to bring pressure um, and the fact that they can't, Get pressure with linebackers, and that the only way that they can get pressure is to is to blitz safeties and corners and that kind of thing. And if you look at the way that they got pressure in this game, early, late, middle, um, and the, and and another one of the biggest plays of the game, I think, is the the Jarvis Jones strip sack. Um, and here's a guy who again has been just you know annihilated this year for being always oh, a bust. And what are we are we even going to bring him back next year? He, you know, he's supposed to lead the league in, or lead the team in sacks. He's supposed to be our, our next great uh, pass rusher. And he's been terrible all year. He hasn't gotten any pass rush. Um, he's been terrible as a pass rusher. Hasn't gotten any pass rush. And in this game, boom, comes up with a humongous strip sack. Um, and then, yes, and then Ryan Shazier, who just last week, a one week ago, he was benched. He's benched against the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns are gashing us in the running game. And Ryan Shazier is taken out of the game. Uh, and then one week later, he comes back. The Cincinnati Bengals did not run on us. They ran, they had a, they had a couple splash runs, but other than that, every time they ran the ball, it was not just like, oh, we stopped them for two, we stopped them for three. No, we were stopping them in the backfield. Um, this, the deep, defensively as a whole, everybody came to play. It was a total team effort. Um, even when the offense couldn't move the ball, it did not matter. The defense was coming through, you know, for, like I said, for 90% of this game. Um, they got big turnovers, they got the bigger turnovers in this game. And then, like you said, Joe, uh, Ryan Chazier coming up with just an unbelievable play. Um, uh, you know, using the, the strength to pull the ball out of there, the awareness to to go for the ball in that moment. Because he's, if you watch the play, he's being blocked. He's being blocked. He has to shed a block and then then put his arms on the ball and rip before his elbow goes down, and he's able to do all of that. Um, just an unbelievable def- defensive performance. And. Uh, oh. If you would have told if you would have told me that that we were going to win a playoff game eighteen to sixteen because our defense played this well, I would have told you you were crazy. But uh, but here we are. So if the chief, Mister Art Rooney, were still here, 
he would be passing out cigars because he would be saying the next star Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker was just born this past Saturday night. I mean, he carried the team just like you guys said, Ryan Shazier. Yep. And that's what that, that's what a young up and coming guy needs. He needs to be able to perform big in a big game when the team needs it and to carry the team, make huge plays. I think he's only going to build from that. Yeah. So, Tony, you said that, um, you said you were worried when Ben went out. Like you almost lost all hope is what you said earlier. But now you just said that the, the team played, the defense played great for 90% of the game. So when the score was 15 to 10 mm-hmm. and the Bengals were driving and there was like five, six minutes left. Yeah. I was hopeful. I was very hopeful. I thought for sure we were going to come up with a big defensive play, an interception, or stop him on four downs. We got him to fourth down once, but they converted. Um, and the touchdown was, I think, on a third and seven. I mean, that was very disappointing, that touchdown. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, when they're driving like that and the defense has played so well, did you have confidence in them? No, I, I lost confidence. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the exact play I lost confidence. Um, is It was a play. Uh, it was like, uh, I actually have it written down. So it was a third and nine. With the, the Bengals are down 15 to seven. We're in the fourth quarter. Bengals are down 15 to seven. They're driving. Um, there's 7.51 to play. It, and, uh, the Steelers run a twist blitz on McCarron and the two linebackers, they ran into each other. Into each other. You, you remember this play. Okay. So you remember this yeah. play too. The two linebackers ran into each other. We got pressure, but not enough. McCarron's able to throw off of his back foot and Eifert, uh, catches it diving to the ground. And it just felt like to me at that point, eh, ain't gonna happen. it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. You know, the line, we got linebackers running into each other. We did get, and even so, we did get pressure on it, and he still was able to. And then, and that continued, I mean, that's just, that was, that was the play that was like, oh no, uh, this is not, this is not going good. But then there were other plays in that drive where, um, there was one where we, we just got him for a sack, and he was able to just flip it to the running back for three yards. Or there was other ones where we would, we would surround, it would just seem like he surrounded, got him, and he would, and he was able to run for three or four yards. Yeah, it's like we had him for like a nine-yard sack, and he got a two-yard sack right. out of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was those the, those yards, those plays. I mean, if you if you if late in the game, if we were able to get them in a third and fifteen or a third and twelve, you know, third and behind the, you know, behind the line, I, you know, it would have been, I think, it would have been much different. But it, and not to say that we didn't play well enough to do that. Um, it just it just for whatever reason at the end there, linebackers are running into each other. <laughs> you know, I can't explain it. I can't explain it, but. That's what was happening, and that's when I start. It was, when it was fifteen to ten, or I'm sorry, fifteen to seven. I, I had already been like, oh no, okay, this is going the wrong way. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I, um, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, it just inexplicable. It, you know, you just can't. Ben goes down, and now all of a sudden our defense doesn't want to play defense anymore. You know, a defense that was playing so well, just all of a sudden can't, nope, can't stop them. I mean, they went. If you look at the drive chart in this, right after Ben gets hurt. Uh, they go down for the, uh, they get the touchdown. Um, then they go right down and get a field goal. Uh, they go, they go, they go 13 plays, 70 yards for a field goal. Yeah, I don't want to say, we're, I mean, we were kind of fortunate to hold them to a field goal there. Cause they were moving the ball. They were, yeah, 13 plays, 70 yards going right down the field. And that's the, and that was the drive I'm talking about. That's the one where it really felt like. The momentum was the changing. The momentum was changing. Actually, I'm sorry. They got the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, they got the touchdown right after, right after Benny got hurt. Yeah. So, you know what's really key in this game is that they had three timeouts at the end of the game. I mean, if they had wasted timeouts because they couldn't get plays in or for whatever reason, if they called two timeouts earlier, it was game over. And that interception, it's game over. They're kneeling on the ball and we can't do anything about it. 
only because we had three timeouts, they decided to run it, or they had to do something. They could have kneeled on it and kicked the field goal or attempted a field goal, but they felt they had to do something because we had three timeouts. I mean, that's why you save your timeouts. Yeah. No, and it was it was key. I mean, it was it was uh, we were really fortunate because you know you can't you can't predict this. Like we were running the play clock down, um, but we never got to the point where we actually had to take a timeout. And yeah, that was completely that was that was key late because. Um, you know, I thought I thought when I walked out of the bar, I thought they were just going to kneel on it three times and kick a field goal, and that would have been game over. Um, and I mean, really, even if even if they don't, even if they run it, I mean, they shouldn't fumble. But it, I mean, if they if they if they kneel on it three times or run it three times and don't get a first down, mm-hmm. there's probably I mean, we call it three timeouts. That means there's like a minute ten seconds left, right? Because it goes from like a minute thirty to a minute ten in three plays, maybe. And then they am I missing forty seconds there? I don't know. No, no I think gone, that's right. Yeah, we would, yeah, we, yeah, we would've. So, so if they made the field goal, we would have got the ball back on a kickoff with about a minute left yeah. and have to go the length of the field. Or if they missed the field goal, we have, you know, 30, 40 yards to go. So, I, I mean, that's why I wasn't losing hope. But for Shazier to pull the ball out, even better. Shazier, not only did he pull the ball out, he had – so there's a bunch of big plays in this game that defense makes. There's the the first one – you know, this one is, is uh, kind of a McCarran gift to us. The ball really slipped out of his hand. Um, but Blake's interception, where he had a great return, um, great defensive play. Then we have um, we have the the strip sack by Jarvis, where it looks like we returned it for a touchdown. I thought we returned it for a touchdown, uh, but unfortunate that he was down. Fine. Uh, and then the next one, the big well, one. Wait on that play, on that play that he was down and we returned it for a touchdown. I'll let Joe take it from here. William Gay goes into the end zone and does his little celebration dance, and then what happens? Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then they say, well, but it's not a touchdown. Um, but there's still a 15-yard penalty for celebrating a touchdown that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, double jeopardy, man. Does, does this not – I mean, yeah, how, how do you – I don't know. It's like, it's like uh, you know, I, I was going to commit an armed robbery, but I didn't bring a gun, but now you're going to – you're going to convict me of armed robbery anyway, but I don't have a weapon on me. What happened? Do I don't even understand. I mean, the thing that got me, I wasn't even so concerned about, like, well, how can you call this because we didn't score. What was even the penalty? What did he do? He he just and danced. It, you can dance. Did, yeah, yeah, he did a dance. He did as long as you don't go to the ground and right. you don't have more more than one person involved, right? right. And there was, he just danced. There was not more than one person. You know, the because rest it's the way you gay dance now? I think no, it's because of the way the game was playing out to that, to that point. Um, you know, it was chippy already. And the you know the refs were just looking for a reason to throw fifteen yard penalties. Um, uh, I, be- I beg to differ with that because they had opportunities to throw fifteen yard penalties. Shit happened right in front of their faces. And I, how many times, Mike and I watched the game together? How many times did I say, right in front of your face, ref, and you and you're going to pretend you didn't see that? So right? many times they let the pushing and shoving go on after the play, and they just kind of got in between and say, "Oh, calm down, calm down." Right. And I think like they the- did that on plays where it was going to be because there was you notice there was no penalties in this game that were offsetting. Yeah, you know, well, I, I think I mean, they didn't throw it on ones that were good. like the one that's the one that's so clear. Why didn't you call anything? How could you not? Is when Burfick spits in DeCastro's face and then DeCastro takes him down. Okay, that's clearly clearly you got to call something on that one, and probably you know you got to call uh, you got to call offsetting, right? Burfick shouldn't spit in his face, and he shouldn't drive the dude into the ground after the play. But they call nothing on it. It's just weird. There's a lot of chippiness. I mean that the. After the Bengals scored the lead, the touchdown to take the lead, on the kick return, 
it's clear that uh, Burford's on the ground with Chicolo, and he swings at him and misses and hits the ground. I mean, well, you can see it on the replay. That's it, it's on the kickoff after they take the lead. That's the way it looked to me. Huh. I know I'm still biased. Are you but... sure he took a swing and wasn't cheering? I think I remember the one you're talking about, but I think he was just cheering. You sure he swung? And how about um, what? what was he... the penalty on running into the tunnel? I don't think he was cheering. After the interception. Yeah, that should have been delay a game, right? Where, there should have been something. no penalty on that. No penalty called on that. Okay, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a 15 yard personal foul. He should have been. Um, he should have been celebrating a, a touchdown that didn't happen. And, and then you're gonna have three or four Bengal defenders run into the tunnel with the football. Okay, uh, inexplicably, and that that is just nothing. That's just nothing. I tell you something. This referee crew. Okay, uh, they they are horrible. No, no, they, they weren't horrible. They weren't horrible. They I allowed this shit to get out of hand. They could have got it under control early in the game, and they didn't. And the way it played out it should be no surprise to anybody who who watched the early part of the game, and you're you're just watching, and you're seeing this crap go on, and you're going, really, you're not going to throw a flag? I, I can't tell you how many times I said that. I'm not a fan of flag throwing. But but when you're you know when you're going to have all this extracurricular bullshit in un, under the context of oh we're going to protect the player's safety okay and uh, except that you know when we when we see guys taking cheap shots after clearly after the whistle right in front of a ref uh, and we're not going to do anything about it why in hell would you be surprised with the way this game ended? Yeah, I mean the, the, I mean the refs. I, give, give, I will. I, I do want to say that the refs. I, I don't think they called a bad game. I mean they they threw. In a game where there was a ton of chippiness, they you know there were 18 penalties called for like over like is over 220 job, yards. It is their job um, to control that, right? Yeah, I, I know that's I a lot. Too. I don't think they controlled the game. No, there no, there was no, control, no there was no control. No, there was no control. Let me be clear. The NFL in the NFL, you're you're basically you know you have to like I don't even, actually I don't know what you have to do to get thrown out of the game. Here's the thing. People should have been thrown out, right? That you should have started throwing people out of the game. But in the NFL, yeah. you can't throw people out because the NFL wants all their best players on the field, and refs never throw anyone out. Um, they should do like baseball. They should walk over to each coach and say, "Listen, next time any of that crap happens, they're out of the game." Right. But, the NFL, then, but that's happened in football. I've seen that happen. Only and, when they and throw the out. other thing, Tony. I disagree with you on throwing people out. First quarter, you know, first maybe the second time it happens, they they continue after a whistle, throw a flag. Call it on one side, so it's an assessed penalty. And then the next time it happens, throw it again. And then walk over to the coaches and say, listen, listen, you see this flag? I can drop it on the ground a thousand times, okay? And it'll still be ready to go a thousand and one times, okay? And I'll do it all day. It doesn't I don't matter. See the, problem, the problem with that is I don't think the chippiness didn't start from after the play stuff. The chippiness started from a lot of big hits in the game. I'm talking about the one on Wheaton. I mean, the one on Wheaton early. And that was, and you know, to be honest, that was not a penalty. Uh, but, you know, you hit too hard in the NFL sometimes and you get the Mike Mitchell call. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was surprised that was called. That was called. I agree with you, but you're right. I mean, we get called again on that all the time. Yeah, Mitchell Sha- always gets that call. Shazier had not one but two killers on G- Giovanni Bernard. Uh, but he probably should have stayed down after the first one because I believe they were on the same drive. But uh, and that second and the second one is really what set the whole game off, right? Is because that is a bang bang play. Um, that this is like you know the borderline of was that was that a penalty? I'm a Steeler fan, so I'm inclined to say, no, he was a runner at that point. But, uh, you know, a lot of people think it was a penalty. But that's the one where Shazier hits him in the head. Clearly in the head, but 
He's a runner. Right, when he okay, okay, so that field. is a, by letter of the law, that is a penalty because you no, can't, it's actually you can't not. leave the crown your helmet, but he's a runner. Okay. And, and it is a, it is a penalty even though he's a runner, but they never, ever, ever call that in the NFL. That's what I was going to say. Right. And so it's why would you call the whole season? I think the problem, the problem that the Bengals had was that they had just called the Wheaton one. They called but the that, Wheaton one and they didn't yeah, call the, that. Yeah. yeah, but the Wheaton one was defenseless receiver. Right. Well, even this, though, right. Even though it was borderline that he wasn't. Right. Right. But the Bernard one, I mean, are they claiming that he was defenseless? I don't think he was, I don't think that was a penalty. Yeah. I, look, I don't think he, like the whole lead with the crowd of the helmet thing, the only thing yeah. you can call there to me is not leading with the crowd of the helmet because, because Bernard went down. Um, so. Yeah, but- but but Shazier's helmet, the crown of his helmet, is the first thing that hit. Yeah, but he's not try- I don't think he's trying to hit him with his helmet. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you're trying or not. I don't think. I mean, I think that's the that's the the letter of the rule is that the crown you can't lead with the crown and tackle like that, even if it's against a runner, and vice versa. They came out with this last year or the year before that a running back can't lead with his crown right. and and you know uh, bust through people with it. Right. And, you know, and I, I didn't think it was side, wait, one last thing. Neither side. I've watched a lot of football. I haven't seen that called once in the last two years since they since they emphasized that rule. The, on, on a, or not the defensive. Runner putting him down. The runner putting yeah. him down. Yeah, I mean it's it's been called a couple. I think I think I called against a Rams guy like randomly a year ago. But yeah, you're right. No, that call that call never gets made. But how about how about a defender tackling a guy with his crown that's tackling? Uh, um, I guess a runner that's not defenseless. Have you seen that called? I have not seen that. But I, I mean, this one is like, see, to me, this one is about, do you think he established himself as a runner or not? That's really all it comes down to. I think he established himself as a runner. Some people don't. Some people think it's a defenseless receiver. Fine. That's your interpretation of the rule. Uh, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think, I mean, I don't think there should have been a penalty called. I think it was a, you know, it wasn't a clean hit because he hit him in the head. But uh, Well, if there wasn't a penalty called and there was a clear fumble, which there was, right. and that's that was reviewed, the whistles should have never blown, and it should have been a Steeler touchdown. So they basically right. took a touchdown away from us. Right. Granted, the Bengal feel, fans feel that they lost at least a field goal out of that. Right, right, right. I mean, now that's that, that is the second most controversial play in the game. Is that is that play? Because on, if you're a Steeler fan, you're like, oh, why'd you blow the whistle so early? Even though I mean, on replay, he gets the ball behind his back. I mean, Shazier balled out of control in this game. He has the ball and he brings it up behind his back, which is why he's not down by contact. Is because he was. He, like, had the ball and then scooped it on his way standing up from behind his back. I mean, he was never touched. He wasn't anywhere, you know. So, regardless of how he picked it up. Well, he had to pick it up. Yeah, well, he picked up behind his back, which is why I think the ref didn't realize that he had the ball. Oh, I see. Um, Because the ref is is in between Bernard. Like, he's behind Bernard. So, Bernard is blocking Shazier in, like, the, the, the view or whatever. Um, so what did he blow the whistle for? A tackle? He blew the whistle for, yeah, he thought he was, he thought he was down. Cause I mean, G, Bernard is down at some point, and then Shazier comes up with the ball. Uh, it did seem like he blew the whistle till he was half, halfway to the end zone. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, they blew, yeah, they blew it pretty early. Watching it live, I mean, I, I so the bar I watched it in, I could barely hear any of the game, uh, because they, I, right next to me is this basketball game that they had that was, I, I mean, just, I mean, they had no sound, Proof thing in there at all? They had That's sound on a basketball game. It was no, no. It was like a shooting. You know, shoot the hoop. Oh, like you shoot oh, basketballs. Oh, one stuff. of those games. Yeah, pop a shot. Right. Because I, I trying to go out to a bar this weekend was not a fun experience. I got to a Steeler, so a local Steeler bar here. Got there an hour before kickoff, and they tell me, 
not that, oh, we don't have a table right now or, oh, you know, you could just stand at the bar. We're at capacity. Sorry. Can't come in. Get out. Fire code. Jeez. Yeah, nuts. I figured the game, the game's on TV. How is there so many people watching the game out there? Anyway, let's talk about the second one. Let's, let's talk, let's, let's talk about the most controversial play in the game. And, um, and that is the last, the last sequence. So first off, we're at the 50. Like you said, there's 22 seconds to go. Uh, we need 20 yards to give Boswell a chance. Um, we throw the ball, Ben throws the ball over the middle to AB, goes over his head, and then perfect attempts to take his face off. Um, and crushes him with his shoulder to the head. Ben goes down, or, uh, Brown goes down in somewhat of a dramatic, I mean, like, he went down dramatically because his arms flail. Um, stays down. Penalty called. Then he's, it, Brown stays down. Like, he's not moving. Um, coaches come out. There is a scuffle. And then another flag is called on Pac-Man. Um, I don't think anyone, you know, no one, no one but Deion Sanders is arguing the perfect call, right? That one is pretty cut and dry. That's a dirty hit. So dirty that the NFL decided, hey, Vontez, uh, take a seat for three games next year because that was dirty. And by comparison, the only other time they've ever suspended a player for uh, hits on the field was James Harrison, and he got suspended one game. So Perfect sits three. Did Perfect get anything for his previous, for what he did against uh, the Ravens in Week 17? Like, have they reviewed that yet? They had fined him for that. This was his, this was, this. the, the reason they suspended him is because you only get suspended for accumulation. You get you get fines at first. Um, it's the same as the Harrison thing. I believe they had fined him for that. I mean, they, I think they had to have by the CBA. Well, it's just I just wanted to make sure they addressed it before the playoff game, and they weren't like, "Oh yeah, we just didn't get to that yet." Oh yeah, that one. Oh, that one. No, no. I think I think by the letter of the law, you can't just suspend someone for for hits. It has to be in a. You have to penalize them. Accumulation. Well, he's had accumulation. Oh well, yeah, I mean the guy is the same player. I, I think that. Um, I mean that hit on AB. When I watch the replay more, mm-hmm. I think it's more stupid than dirty because it, basically he sees that AB doesn't catch the ball, and then and then he lowers his shoulder right, right. after that, and he kind of and he doesn't really lay into him. He just trying to you know he tries to like brush him a little bit, kind of. And well, this is my opinion. Yeah, he gives him a little shoulder. He gives him a little shoulder. He tries to hit him, definitely tries to hit him, but he doesn't try to really blow him up. It's almost like he's trying to get away with something, which is just plain stupidity when, you know, all eyes are on you for your reputation and in the game situation. And you already know that he dropped the ball. You don't have to do that. And so I think it's just, it's more stupidity than anything. And here's the other thing. Um, Well, I'll I'll leave it at that there, and then we'll talk about Pac-Man in a little bit. Yeah, the Pac-Man one we got to get to. But uh, perfect dirty man does. I, I don't know. That was a dirty hit. But he's always doing little crap, like Joe said. If you want, I mean, I would like to see a whole montage of him uh, after every play, just to see what he does. I mean, it's all little stuff. I oh, mean, the driving, the driving his knee into Ben was like okay, okay. I don't even know if I. I mean, I, I maybe I didn't watch that. I, I just think he's trying to get the ball. I don't know if he's. He definitely drives his knee. He definitely drives his knee. Now you know whether or not it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, definitely intent, but... Uh, but I heard the guy tackles and twists all the time. Well, when you put so it in context with the, rest of his, with the rest of his repertoire, right. it fits right in. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Then, so then, you know, you, everybody starts out with the benefit of the doubt, okay? But once you've, once you've made a career of removing all doubt, then you no longer 
you no longer have the luxury of the benefit of a doubt because you have already removed that. Right. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't give him any benefit of the doubt whatsoever. He's a dirty player and he's dirty on every play. Uh, and that's going to be my stance on this guy. And, uh, and I'll tell you, any, anybody in the sports media and, and, and to my surprise, my, my pleasant surprise, most of the sports media that I've listened to, um, are, are, they have, they have no, they have no, um, they have no love lost for this guy. Um, and, and some of them have gone so far as to say they could, they could never play on a team with him. Um, and, and that's good because this guy is bad for sports. Um, and, uh, and, and so, um, and, but what really aggravates me is there are some sports media out there who claim that this guy is such a great player that he won them the game and then lost them the game. Like, is he such a great player? You know, my girl, Greeny. I'm just not buying that. I'm not, I'll tell you, Ryan Shazier, if a defensive player won this game, Ryan Shazier won the game. Okay. That's who did it. Um, uh, not, uh, not Vontez Perfect. Um, you know, Vontez Perfect picked off, uh, Landry Jones, who had exactly zero positive plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. Um, so that, 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 that is some kind of great accomplishment. I'm sorry, it's not. Um, Vontez Burbank. Right, but don't, uh, don't take away, I mean, look, I, look, I, Vontez Burbank is, the reason why he, he is still on an NFL team is because he, he actually is good. I mean, the problem with Burfecht is that he's good enough where it's, you almost have to start him if he's on your team. Um, but he makes these stupid ass plays where, you know, I, I don't want to say he single-handedly lost this game for the Bengals because, uh, Pac-Man, you know, made sure to, to, uh, get his, uh, get his number called as well there at the end. Um, but, perfect, look, perfect is, he's good. He's just, a, he's just an idiot. I mean, the, the problem is, it would be like if James Harris, if, if, if you had James Harrison, I don't want to say he's as good as Harrison, but he's very, very good. Um, but, but James Harrison was just getting reckless calls it's at the end control, of games. Yeah. 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 I mean, you gotta believe that Marvin Harrison and a lot of the coaching staff just hold their breath when he's on the field. Marvin Lewis. Just hope, not Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Not Marvin Harrison, I'm sorry, Marvin Lewis. <laughs> just that they hold their breath when he's on the field because they don't know what's gonna happen. And, and I heard from somebody during all this uproar is that they were at Arizona State, isn't that where he went to school or somewhere in Arizona? Yes. And they said they watched it for three years straight. Same old stuff. All this is why stuff. he, no, he wasn't, I mean, and he didn't get drafted because of that reason. Yeah, right? the MO on this guy has been since high school. The craziest thing about this guy is since high school, he played him and, him and, um, was it Matt Barkley? God, what? Some USC quarterback. He, he had committed to USC. Barkley had committed to USC. They played in the same high school, uh, league or whatever. And Perfect tried to hurt this guy, like, you know, went low on him in a high school game. Even though they both committed to the same college, he's nuts. I mean, like the guy is nuts, and it's why he didn't. It's why he didn't go to USC. It's why he didn't get drafted. Everybody thought this guy is a loose cannon. You can't draft him, even though he's even though he's good. Who takes a chance on him? Of course, Cincinnati Bengals do. Um, and now here we are, and it's you know whatever five years later, and uh, they're losing because of it. It's crazy. So even if there wasn't a penalty, let's say that was the only penalty, and there wasn't another one. Then it would have been first and ten from the Cincinnati forty-seven with twenty-two seconds left and no timeouts. No, it would have been from no, no, no. It would have been from the thirty-five. No, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, it would have been from like the thirty-five, thirty-four. We were needed like ten yards. At that point, the first penalty happened. You're like, oh, okay, we're at the thirty-five. Like you can take a field goal from here, and it's it's literally any yards here works for us. It was a thirty-two. I, 32, I was the yeah. play before that. It would have been know, a thirty-two. Just, so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. 
So there were 18 seconds left. Right. No timeouts. No. And first of all, my money's on Boswell because he can make a 47-yarder even in that weather. It's 49 from there. 32 would have been 49. But, yeah, I agree. Yes, you're right, 49. And uh, and we probably could have run the ball to try to get two or three yards and then spike it oh, after. I don't know about oh, that's so – you could, you're good, you're good. but you could try to throw. You could try to throw something quick or right. whatever, as long as you don't get sacked. But or you could just kick the 47 yarder. And um, I'll come back to Boswell in a minute. Yeah, well, we got to talk about. Okay, so it, we're. It, yeah, I agree. You, you, I, I, once you got to the 32, that's all I, I guess want. My, yeah, and my point is that uh, the the penalty on um, Pac Man, it, it didn't give the Steelers the game because I think Boswell, even 50 50 or 60 40, that he would have made it anyway. Okay, so the big controversy – okay, so here's what happens. So the, the sequence of events that happens next is something to the effect of this, right? And I've seen – you know, I've seen the – like Reddit has done like deep – well, the Steeler fans on Reddit have done this deep deconstruction of all the camera angles and figuring out exa- how did it happen, who shoved who first, was Joey Porter talking shit to the Bengals, uh, how did Pac-Man get involved, what about Gilberry or Gilbert, whatever his name is. Um, so, okay, so the sequence of events happens like this. Order comes on the field to to look at AB. Now there, it's like fuzzy here as to whether or not he's allowed to be on the field. Technically, he's not. Like by the rules, the only people that are supposed to be on the field are medical staff and the head coach. That's it, right? For any hurt player. But in a case like this, um, you know, former refs have said like we will let most coaches on the field at the end if a player is uh, severely hurt. Right? Clearly on this play. Antonio is severely hurt. He's not moving. He's concussed. So Porter's out there. When they're bring AB gets up, and when they're bringing AB um, off, when they when they're walking him off, the trainer has his arm around him. Um, a Bengal player reaches around the trainer to like pat AB on the shoulder. Now who knows what is said? Or say something. Or say something. Yeah. Right? I don't. No one. No one knows what happened right there. But what we do know is that the trainer pushes the Bengals' arm away, and at that point, Joey Porter turns comes in the frame and talks to who, whatever Bengal guy um, that, that happened to. Then Gilberry comes, or Gilbert, whatever is it, Gilberry, Gilbert, I don't know what his name is. Anyway, it doesn't matter, he's a Bengal. Anyway, idiot Bengal guy comes running up uh, and and gets in the face of Porter, who then just and this is the one that this is the, the one that everyone's seen, which is then Joey Porter just smiles and starts backing up. The refs get in there, uh, the refs get in between. Joey Porter is smiling, backing up, and who comes into frame? But the moron of all morons, Pac-Man Jones, who reaches over a referee to try and to try and push Joey Porter. Then a flag is thrown. Now the media is like, "Oh my God, Joey Porter shouldn't have been on the field. Joey <laughs> Porter shouldn't have been on the field. I can't believe this." Uh, okay. Who gives a shit if Joey Porter is on the field? This is this is the non-issue here. Pac-Man Jones and and Gilberry or Gilbert are friggin' morons. I, okay, even the worst way the media portrays this, which is to say that well, Joey Porter is such a trash talker. He was probably out there talking trash. Hey, guess what, media? <laughs> Players talk shit on every single play, after every play, before every play, in between every play. Players are saying things to them you can't air on TV, okay? And if Joy Porter was saying that, that's no different than any other play. And you know what doesn't happen between every play? Players don't come running through officials to shove people. 
Okay, but on this play, Pac-Man decided, even though we had just gotten a 15-yard penalty, it would be a good idea for me to come retaliate to Joey Porter because he's talked shit. What a friggin' idiot. And it, and, and that's, that is the worst-case scenario for the Bengals, or for the Steelers. Best-case scenario is Joey Porter was just saying, hey, man, watch yourself, or whatever he said, and then Gilbert got in it, and then Pac-Man got in it. It's it, this is so overblown. Uh, it's just it's like the stupidest media story. Pac-Man Jones is the issue here, not Joey Porter. That is what aggravates me about all of this: is the the attempt, the attempt by the sports media to say that to say that you know because all of this went on, you know it takes two to tango, so the Steelers are just as guilty as the as the Bengals. Now, we watch the Steelers every week. We don't see this crap go on every week. Um, but, but with the Bengals, they, they've got garbage going on all the time. This happened the last time we played. This happened the last time we played. The, the only time it happened is the two games that the Steelers played against the Bengals. Right. Um, and so they're, so, you know, they're saying, should Marvin Harris, Marvin Harris, uh, not Marvin Harris, now you got me doing oh, Marvin Harris, should he get fired? Um, and, then, and then, and then some of these sports media guy goes, some of them go, well, should Mike Tomlin be fired because he can't control Munchak Porter? <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know. <laughs> oh, Munchak, I forgot about Munchak. Marvin Lewis is presiding, Marvin Lewis is presiding over an insane asylum where the, where the inmates are running the asylum. Yes. Okay. Um, and to equate that in any way, shape, or form to the Steelers is an absolute insult, and, and an asshole who says something like that should never be listened to again. Um, no, but if Marvin Lewis has an ounce of integrity, he, he'll, he'll say these two guys and any other bad apples that are, that are in their ring um, and their sphere of influence are, can no longer play under me, okay? And he should say that to the, the dipshit Mike Brown, uh, who owns that team, because uh, his grandpa founded it as a love child of the, you know, of, of Paul Brown, um, and and um, and if they won't do it, he ought to resign himself from that team, and uh, if he has any kind of integrity at all, uh, and that's what I'd expect Mike Tomlin to do if he had integrity. But Mike Tomlin doesn't have that problem. Uh, uh, Marvin Lewis does, and and the, any me, any member of the media doing that is just disgusting, and another example of why I despise them people. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's just, this is so overblown. And really, and I love, I love Tomlin's quote today. I gotta pull it up today. Because he gave, I mean, the sneak diss of all sneak disses to the Cincinnati Bengals. It wasn't even a sneak diss, it was a real diss. I mean, he went out there and just, uh, God, what was it? He said, he said, uh, this is what I'm gonna do about all of that. So this is, he, this is, this is in, the media today, out of the media, the, the, the Pittsburgh media today was, you know, kind of going, like, oh, what'd you think, you know, the Joey Porter thing, like, this happened a lot, yada, yada, you know, there, and he's like trying, they're trying to get him to talk about everything that happened in Cincinnati. They asked him a few times. A few times. And so finally he just says, this is what I'm going to do about all that, so we can move on, and I think it's appropriate. Uh, and he says, Cincinnati is afforded the opportunity to sit around days after the game and rehash what happened. We're not afforded that opportunity. We have a formidable challenge waiting for us in Denver. What? I mean, awesome. Awesome. You know who can sit around and think about what happened in Cincinnati? Cincinnati, because they lost. All right? Stop asking me about Cincinnati. I'm going on to Denver. Hey, I like this take-up with Joey Porter. What if he is our coach who is responsible for keeping control of his team and gathering his team on the field after they are um, uh, assaulted or whatever you want to say by a dirty <laughs> hit? Yeah, but he's, so he's still his... not – the problem is by NFL rule, he's still not – 
you know, he's not allowed, quote unquote, not allowed on the field. Because you're only, only medical personnel and the head coach. That's it. No position coaches, no offensive coordinator, nothing. So well, that, I mean, if that's the rule, that's the rule. I mean, uh, you know, what, what do you do? You throw a penalty on that? Or yeah, you, you, you know, a warning? According to what, you know, the, the, what I've heard from, from former officials is that they never call that. You know, if it's, they only call, they would only call, first of all, it never happens, right? It only happens when, uh, Players are severely hurt, right? When your guy looks like he's going to be paralyzed, yeah. to bring stretchers out and that kind of thing, or one like this where a guy's just completely motionless. Um, that's when you start to see other players on the, or other coaches yeah. on the field, and they never call it. But I just say whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Well, if they called it, it would be in such poor taste that it would be on every newscast, and right. everybody would would boo the NFL, you know, out of existence. Yeah. Right. So they would never do that. Right. Um, okay. So, so two other points about all of this. Um, one of them is from, uh, Ryan Clark, who I heard on, um, on a, on a radio show this week, Monday morning. And, um, he said that, um, he was asked the question about the rivalry with the, with the Ravens. And that was such a fierce rivalry, even when he was there and all the big hits and, and, uh, those guys didn't like each other. And he said, well, he said, look, it was a, it was a big rivalry and, and, and we didn't like each other. Um, but the difference is that we, 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 we respected the Ravens and the Ravens respected us and we could, after the game, you know, we didn't hate each other. Um, and he said, uh, but he said in, in, in this case, there's no respect between these two teams. That, that's an interesting take, um, I thought. And, uh, and yeah. then finally, the last thing I'll say is, um, the, Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati has, um, has, has lowered itself to the, um, in, into the bad company of, of the city of Cleveland and the city of Philadelphia, uh, insofar as, uh, when Ben was being carted, carted off the field on that, on that little golf cart thing, uh, the fans were throwing bottles and other, other debris at him, um, and, and they were either cheering or booing him or I don't remember the, exactly what. But that was pretty disgusting and I haven't seen that since Cleveland and since, um, since, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't want to like say the whole, you know, it was the whole stadium that was doing it, but certainly there were, there was definitely a water bottle thrown, there was anything else thrown at him, um, and then there was cheering when he, when he went out. Um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty gross to cheer, cheer guy being hurt, although, I mean, uh, it was pretty fortunate for them that it had happened in the first place. Uh, Okay, so, and then I guess the other thing we have to talk about is, um, Munchak, Munchak's thing. This happens early. This is like really early in the game. This is before, this is before any of the other stuff we talked about. This was on just some random Todman play. Todman gets run out of bounds, and then, um, their safety, who got hurt later in the game, he has long dreads, and he runs into Munchak, and instead of, you know, he kind of gives, I mean, this is the one where I think Munchak is in the wrong here, but I kind of don't care. Uh, because I think it's fun. But, like, Munchak gives him the old, like, hey, man, get off me, and pulls his hair and tries. He tries, he tries to, like, old man strength him to the ground, but can't. And so then Reggie Nelson uh, pushes him back when we get called for it. I didn't really care at the time. I thought it was funny. But now they're saying, like, oh, they've got to find Munchak. They've got to find Munchak, which I guess he will be fine for this. Yeah, that was a weird thing i mean what he his the hair his hair got caught up in like his notebook or his hand right yeah the guy's hair and he tried to like just push it away uh, i mean it, was, <laughs> it wasn't like a push i mean he did he did grab his arm and pull i thought he grabbed his arm like push it like get away from me 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well. I was kind of surprised they threw a flag on that. Yeah. I, mean, I was it, surprised they even saw it. I mean, it was a collision on the sidelines. I don't right. know. The, um... Hey, I gotta correct myself. That, the punch that I saw that after, uh, after the kickoff. Yeah. Um, Perfect is 55, is that right? Yes. Okay, so Chickle gets into it with some, with some other guy. And the other guy clearly throws a punch and hits the ground and the rest are in there and they break it up. And then Burfick circles around and, and he comes into Chicolo's face basically. But, okay. uh, okay. he didn't throw the punch. Gotcha. Surprisingly. <laughs> but it is, it, it's a 143 left. It's after the, after the kickoff. Oh, two other things we need to talk about. One, one, when Dominique Pecco, their, the long-haired defensive lineman, just randomly runs on the field and gets a penalty when he has his, and he didn't even bother taking his jacket off. He, he leaves his jacket on, yeah. runs out on the field and bumps one of our players. I don't remember when that happened. But what a f- I mean, this Bengals team is just full of a bunch of friggin' morons. Um, that was a dumb play by them. That was early in the game, wasn't it? He has cape on. He so has cape on. Then, then, gotta be my all-time fave, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but there is video of Jeremy Hill, the same Jeremy Hill that fumbles, uh, running up to, to William Gay after William Gay gave up the touchdown to A.J. Green and doing William Gay's, like, little, the booty dance thing that he does in William Gay's face, uh, right after, right after he gives Gives up the touchdown. Uh, Jeremy Hill would then fumble two plays later. So you know, karma ain't that a bitch? Yep. Okay, and, and so maybe the la- if you're ready to move on, then maybe this will be the last, just the last um, comment on this game, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will not. They'll probably be. No, I got a couple more, but go ahead. This game yeah, I got go more to say. Come on. This game is going to live in infamy. Yeah, come on. Um, we got to talk about Brian's catch. We haven't talked about Brian's catch yet. Oh, the Bryant catch, right. yeah. So, all right, well, I'll just, this is a little, we'll do a little comic relief in the middle of all the serious stuff. So, after the game, you know, uh, I, I, I don't usually watch too much after the game stuff, but I did, I, in this case, I, I mean, there's so much that went on, I just, I had to watch. And so, I'm watching some of the press conferences, and out comes uh, AJ McCarron mm-hmm. with the microphone, and he actually says all the right things. I mean, he's I'm, I'm like impressed with this young man. I'm like, wow, this is you know, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, we go as a team, and you know, all the all the right things. And I thought how hard that must be because man, it sucks to be you right now. Um, but then he said, he just said the most bizarre thing, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he wishes he could take it back now. Uh, because I think it's it's actually it was actually on Drudge maybe on some other other internet sites, but he said he actually said that it only rained on them the Bengals when they had the ball and it didn't rain on the Steelers when the Steelers had the ball. Right, right. And it's just he said that like, now in context. What he's saying is he's like, man, you know, things were just so hard out there. It just seemed like you know early on things weren't going our way. And, like, it was even, like, you know, it was raining when we had the ball, but then when they had the ball, it wasn't. And it was just, like, he's going on this sequence of, like, how bad it was for him out there. And then he says that, and you're just like, wait, what did he – did he just say that the Steelers controlled the weather? <laughs> he was I, I think Bill Belichick somewhere and Tom Brady are trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Belichick's like, wait, I don't have that. I don't have, like, the, the rainmaker thing. Well, I would say, um, change the subjects here. The, uh, that was pretty funny. But the obvious MVP of the game is probably Ryan Chazier. But you gotta just give it to Boswell, man. Four field goals. The guy is just clutch in that weather. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, I mean, it's, it's a short field goal. And you watch him kick it. If you watch the replay, 
This guy kicks it. He's so relaxed afterwards. It's like he's in his backyard just goofing around with the kids. It's, I mean. He drilled. That last one, he drilled with confidence. If you, if you want, ever want to know how, how not automatic and you should not take those for granted and, and, you know, what could happen if you miss a field goal like that? I mean, just look no further than Minnesota, right? Well, did any of you have this thought going into the last field goal? And that is, you know, uh, I always think about like, you know, how the whole, like, isn't it, it, wouldn't it be fitting if, right, for like how the season has played out? Like, wouldn't it yeah. be fitting if, you know, considering that in this game, you know, we were without Le'Veon for so much of the season, and now this game we're without D'Angelo. Or, you know, for so much of the season, we had said, uh, you know, Ben was out, and like, oh, we got we to have a healthy Ben, and then late in this game, Ben goes out. Um, and then, you know, we had talked to all the defense, the defense always gives it up, and then at the, at the end, the defense did give it up. And I was like, man, this 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 game has kind of been fitting for our whole season in some ways. Um, wouldn't it be fitting if he missed this thing like Scobie did? I kept thinking that. That's the, in fact, that was the only thing that went through my head before he was kicking it. Is I'm like, man, it would be really fitting if he missed because it would be just like a Scobie thing to happen. And that's the one thing we haven't seen today. Our fourth field goal kicker. Yeah, it's some puts us out. It's some. But I mean, a field goal—they seem like gimmies. But I mean, think about it. It's a snap. It's a hold. It's a kick. It's blocking. I mean, and you have to, you can't, uh, you know, it's not jumping off sides or moving too early and, you know, lining up properly. Right. I mean, when you get one shot at all that, it all has to come through. I mean, you had to execute it. So hats off to him for that. Absolutely. I mean, he kicked it. I mean, you know, the thing that, the thing that impressed me about, about the kick itself is just how confident he looked taking it. I mean, there wasn't like, you know, weird stride or anything. He just went up there, boom, booted it, walked away, done. Um, he, he was, was relaxed afterwards. He was super relaxed, yeah. He's a great kicker and a great asset to have. And then the other thing, still 18 seconds left. We kick off, and they run the kick back, which wasted like 12 seconds. If they take it on the 20, they'll have like two or three plays maybe. But uh, they basically get one play, I think, mm-hmm. and they, they get the Hail Mary off. And if that's pass interference for any reason, or I guess if it's caught, they have to score. Right. But if it's pass interference, they'll get a shot at a field goal themselves. Was so, it that deep? It Yeah, I think it lands... Between the thirty and the forty. Oh, okay. I uh, I don't remember it being Actually, that deep, but uh, yeah, I got the good one right here. But uh, yeah, and it was Shazier who made that, who blocked the pass, by the way. Or and then one other. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Shazier was the guy down Shazier there. Was down there. Just in case you didn't think he he had an, uh, an amazing game. Yeah, just yeah. Like, you know what? Let me just get this one more time. Emphasis on his MVP. Yeah. Um, and then one more subtle note of this game is uh. When they, they went for the two point conversion when they made it 16 to 15. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make it 18 to 15, which is the right thing to do. Yep. If they make that, then our field goal at the end is just to tie the game. We're right. in overtime right. with basically out without a quarterback. But that's the worst play call on a two point conversion I've ever seen. Like, I've seen a lot of two point conversions this year by the Steelers. That Bengals two point conversion was atrocious. Not only was it atrocious, but they're up 16 to 15. They basically throw a backwards pass almost, right? If they fumble that and we pick it up and return it, I think one of the answers uh, pointed this out also, if we return it, we take the lead. We take the lead, yeah. That would be amazing. That would have been great. That, that would have been, been, I don't know if that would have been even more fitting than the way it really ended. No, the way it really ended was was perfect because now it puts Cincinnati in a position where, you know, it, do, do you cut perfect at this point? Um, you know, he's probably one more play like that away from being suspended for a full season. Uh, Pac-Man's in a contract year. He's probably not coming back. Um, you know, that team is, that team has a little disarray to deal with at this point. Um, which I, which I enjoy. 
And if we're talking MVP, I know you guys, you guys, um, you know, Mike, you talked about Boswell. Yo, you had talked about Shazier. I mean, I agree with both of you. Both of you guys were great. And I'm not saying that either of these two players were were better, but I, I do want to I do want to tip my cap to the TNT again because I mean, and, and this really came through for me when I watched the game the second time. Is just how much this game plan relied on running the football. How confident Tomlin and Haley were in these two guys, and how much they really came through uh, in the in the beginning of the game. You know, as as the game you know was was kind of in its you know when we were taking that lead, and how big they were on those drives when we when we did get field goals and and did ultimately score that touchdown. And then that, and then that last drive, the last drive, Toussaint. I mean, just spectacular. And if you go back a year ago to what we had with Ben Tate and Josh Harris. It's Jordan Todman and Fitzgerald Toussaint, our fourth and fifth running backs on the team, um, played spectacular. That a hundred, we had 167 yards of rushing in this, of rushing. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. I, I couldn't, you know, it was one of those things where as I kept watching the game, it just felt like, man, if we can run this well, you know, we're going to win this game for sure. There's, there's no reason we, why we should lose. Um, and, and I think they were both, they were both spectacular. I agree. It was, they were really amazing. I mean, and the, the just the running in space by Todman and catching out of the backfield by Toussaint, and I like your nickname for him, TNT. TNT. And, uh, and based on how they played in this game, I mean, they have a whole week to game plan, especially if D'Angelo can't play. And granted, they're going against the number one defense in Denver, but you got to think they they may be able to build on that. I think so. I think so. And I think what's what's most what's going to be most helpful coming into this week. Is is knowing that Tucson is such a good catcher, catch and run guy out of the backfield. Um, that's such an important part of what this offense does, and, and it was really what we what we completely lost last year in the in the game against Baltimore. Um, and then we you know we thought we were going to lose it again without D'Angelo, but Tucson's there. I mean you know Tucson is you know four catches, six yards. That's number two on the team in this game. That's this is a Le'Veon stat. I mean look, he's not Fitzgerald does not Le'Veon Bell, but that's a Le'Veon stat line. Uh, as being the, you know a running back being the number two receiver, it was a, it was a very good performance. Um, okay. Not only did he catch that that pure wet little third and two mm-hmm. to convert the first down, I think on the very next play he caught another short pass for you know ten more yards. Yes, yes. Well, he he, he had the draw play on that drive. Remember where where the guy the um, uh, Michael Johnson just makes a shoestring. I mean, he's going easily oh, for the yeah. first down, um, and he makes a little shoestring tackle and gets Toussaint for only like eight yards on that last play. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was good. All right, let's talk about Bryant's catch because Martavis Bryant was called out this week by Ben Roethlisberger, told you have to be tougher. We need toughness, and Steelers need toughness in the playoffs, and you have to be tougher. Uh, I couldn't think of a tougher catch to make. In fact, you know, this goes up there with the Odell Beckham catch. Um, Bryant, it's it's like the, the little bit of the helmet catch uh, in there, like catches the ball, does a flip, pins the ball against his leg, and then like his butt. And uh, and holds on the whole way, maintains control the whole way in a league in which no one knows what a freaking catch is. Um, there was no what 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 got me the most about this catch is it was so impressive that that even Nance and Sims had no doubt. They were like, "Did he get control? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he kept control the whole way. Amazing! Um, what a spectacular catch!" I was afraid they were going to overturn it because when he pinned it against his knee and then or against his hip or butt. And then grabbed it with his other hand, and when he went out of bounds, it's like you know, does the gaining control start over again because he's switching hands or? Right. I don't know, but man, it it was just amazing, and the flip, and just to, that was awesome. Getting both feet in. Yeah, yeah. It was great. 
I think New York called and said uh, we want to use that as a playoff highlight. So you <laughs> yeah, can't, um, you can't don't overturn that. Yeah, yeah, you can't overturn that. You can't and it was number ten in the corner of the end zone in a playoff game. Or yes, this is a playoff game. It was a Super Bowl previously. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I Centennial would say home. I would say that's how you'd be great, to Martavis, after that catch. That's right. And then he had yeah, that, so that yeah. is the most impressive catch, right? Of his the most difficult catch of his career. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I thought in this game he also uh, caught, a, caught a short pass and ran for like 50 yards, but when I look at the stats, it, it was really a run. Is that right? Like a 44-yard uh, run yeah, or something? Yeah, the 44-yard run. Yeah, the, the little end around. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great play too. I think, you know, and, and look, I keep going back to last year, but I do think that last year played a big part in this. If you look at the year-over-year growth that this team has had um, – you know, we said all year, oh, Martavis, you know, Martavis, his big thing is he has to start making bigger catches and bigger moments, and, and he has to be, uh, you know, a tougher guy uh, out there. He has to make this tough catch. The 50-50 balls he has to come down with. We kept talking about Antoine Blake getting burned every play. She's here, all he got bent. She's, he hasn't, but the next race, two linebacker doesn't exist. Jarvis can't brush the pass. I mean, all of these guys who had played in this game a year ago, right, they all have playoff experience now. And a year ago, you know, did Shazier really make any big spectacular plays last year? Not really. But did Blake? Not really. Did... Did Bryant? Not really. Uh, in this game, yes, yes, yeah, all of them. Check, check, check. I mean, you know, these are these are young guys coming into their own, uh, making those spectacular plays. Not in a reg- not in a midseason regular season game when you would just forget about it two weeks later. This is a huge, you know, playoff game um, in which we needed every single one of these plays. Everyone we're talking about was a key in winning what was a incredibly tight game down the stretch. Um, I think, you know, look, whether or not this team goes on from here and goes on to win or anything, um, I think that this was this is an, this is just another building block um, in the progression of a lot of guys who we needed to step up. Uh, and it, you know, it, 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 you know, I said we said this at the end of last year. I'm going to say it at, at, at when whenever the season ends. The arrow is pointing way up for both sides of the ball after this game. That's a good point. That's how stars are born, man. Got to make. Big plays and big games. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Joe always talks about Antonio Brown, right? Antonio Brown made two. He gave he gave the man MVP um, for two catches uh, in a, in in the playoffs of 2008 uh, or no 2010, excuse me, um, you know, as a rookie. And then then you know, and Antonio Brown then goes on to be you know one of the greatest Steeler wide receivers of all time. I'm not saying that Bryant or Shazier. You know, are on their way to being the greatest wide receiver or linebacker, but they're, I think they, in this game, they proved they're on their way to being something much better than they are today, uh, which is exactly what the Steelers needed. Yeah, it's how, it's how, it's how it starts. You can't, you, I mean, you know, to steal from Santonio Holmes, you, you can't be great until you do these great things. And, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the, the size of the moment defines how great it is. Um, and and the desperation of the moment, or the or the finality of the moment, there's nothing more final than a playoff game, right? Um, yeah, and and you know in Antonio Brown's case, um, you know he he won the game um, with with one of those catches. Um, he won a playoff game for the Steelers against the Ra- the hated Ravens. Yep. Um, and he sealed the he catch. Sealed, he sealed the deal against the Jets. The Jets catch he makes on third down is the one that let us run the clock out at the end. So you know, argument you made, he really won both games. I heard Rex Ryan uh, say that a few weeks ago, and he and he pointed out that uh, Antonio Brown's the one who caught it. Once he caught who it, remembers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And listen, AB was great, you know, from day one. And he was great in this last game, you know, before he got knocked out. Yes. Fourth and three, man. It was fourth and three. 
I'm watching it because it's right here. Fourth and three, and he runs a great route. He runs a great 28 route. 28 seconds left, man. Yeah. Who else are you going to throw it to? You know, and, and you always say, Mike, in those in those positions when you're trying to drive late is you don't want to, you know, just don't want to be in a fourth down. Because fourth down means if you don't make this, it's over. Um, yeah. And the Steelers only had one fourth down, and of course they went to A-B on it, and of course he caught it. And he ran a great route. I mean, you know, he, he uh, they ran a little, like, rub route um, where he kind of runs towards a defender and then away. Um, and the defender never had a chance. I mean, the defender never had a chance to catch him on that one. He found a, a soft spot in that little zone that they were running, uh, got open, and then I think he got a little extra yards after the catch, too. Yeah. And it dove towards like, the 50. Got into about the 47. Yeah, yeah. Great game overall. Imp- I mean, this was an imp- you know improbable win. Uh, there were, you know, this was another one of those highest highs, lowest lows type of thing. Um, nothing worse than, than believing that your team has just lost in back-to-back seasons to division rivals. Um, and then there's nothing like watching your your hated rival just completely self-destruct down the stretch. Um, and I mean, it, you know, it, it it like I said at the, at the beginning of this podcast, it it was a win that felt like a loss, and it really feels like now as we go into Denver, we're playing with house money here. I mean, it you know, this was we should we were we were dead and gone and buried, uh, and now here we are a week later, um, and we have a chance. Well, first, we lost the. You know, when you when you say that. That, that makes it sound like the Steelers had no business winning that game. They had very little bit. And I don't buy that. I, no, I, don't, I agree I with that's, yeah. the, that's the conventional wisdom out there. The sports media wants to say it. I'm surprised to hear you saying it, that, that oh, uh, the Steelers should have lost this game. The Bengals should have won this game. And, and you know, they the, so so the Steelers just, you know, they're just not good enough to win that game. And, and I, I, I don't think that. I don't think they weren't good enough. I think they, they got very unfortunate. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then conversely, they got very fortunate. Uh, you know, when was the last time you've seen a guy fumble, fumble on, uh, you know, just trying to put the game away at the end, like in, in, you know, we lost the way that, uh, or the Bengals lost the way that, you know, the way that we lost against Baltimore, hey, right? Which is okay. like missing that field goal late. It's just improbable. You're like, how, how, what? Yeah, but I, I would agree with you that a fumble like that late is pretty rare. It's However, rare. even if he doesn't fumble, I mean, they still have to kick a field goal, right? And I've seen field goals miss from that distance before. So that wouldn't have been that big of a sure, but remember like, oh, man, felt, I miss it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, remember how you felt after we lost to, to Baltimore? That, like, oh, you stole this, you didn't, deserve, we had this. Oh, last year? This year. This, this year, year Scobie, okay, yeah. the Scobie game. Oh, you that know, game. You know, that game, when you're like, God, we friggin' had that, and then you, you stole that one from us, and we will get you back. You know, that kind of feeling, that's got, you know. But, but don't you feel like the game. Well, that's how they feel, yeah. You're a Bengal fan, that's how you feel. No, the Steelers. In this game, the Steelers but, had this game. We had it first. It was fifteen nothing. Right. We had right. it. No, I agree. Okay, and then and then you know, Mister Dirty himself hurts our fucking quarterback. Our yeah, fucking, but, but you can't take that away. I'm just saying. Like, sorry for this. But he didn't hurt him on a dirty play. I don't think that was a dirty play. Uh, yeah, I don't sacked think, him. Um, sacked him. Yeah. And then and 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 then you know, shame on us. We put Landry, and I, I don't understand all the all the Vic hate. Um, but we're going to need to get over that, dude. Landry is not the second best quarterback on this team. Vic is, uh, regardless. And um, what? Well, I mean, regard, regardless, Landry came in. Regardless if he's right. So, I, so the point is, you get pretty damn lucky to get you know to have this 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 guy come out and, and immediately throw an interception. I mean, for goodness sakes. Well, no, no, they were down when they threw the pick. The Steelers were already down. When oh, he, he, threw, he, threw, yeah, he threw the pick after. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, I, no, I think, look, the Steel, if you look at, like, win probabilities, um, I believe that the Bengals were at, like, 98% win probability. I mean, look, we were, too, earlier in the game. We were up 15 to nothing, but that's before Ben's injury. Once Ben went down, every Steelers fan felt like, oh, this thing's falling apart. But I, and I still thought, I mean, I think a lot of fans thought, at least, uh, I think when Ben went out, was it 15-7 or was it 15 nothing? When Ben went out, it was 15 nothing. 15 nothing. And uh, you got you got to figure that the defense can hang on in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were playing great. Right, I did. I, did. I remember so, texting you guys saying, don't even bother putting Ben back in. It's not worth it. We got this. The defense has this. But then they gave up yeah. the pass interference, and then it was just, oh. You know, it just had that, like, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that, that was how I felt down the stretch. It was like, I mean, the, the wheels were just coming off. And Ben got hurt, and then everything was deflated. The defense wasn't playing the same. Look, I don't, I don't deny that the Steelers, the Steelers defense choked up the game. Okay. But, um, but it, it, but that was really lucky on the, on the Bengals part. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, yeah. But so remember, the Steelers yeah, I mean, been lucky to win the game. No, the Steelers had the game in hand for, for three and a half quarters. Here's the bottom line, man. It doesn't matter. We're on right, to exactly. Denver. This is the, yeah, we're, yeah. On to Denver. Um, yeah, we're on to Denver. We're we're playing um a we're playing the game. This is this is the matchup I want, right? When we said that, I said this two two weeks ago, or whenever it was, when I told you guys like you know if we play Denver again, I want it to be Peyton, and I'm glad it's Peyton because uh, Peyton is a turnover machine. And here we are, and I'm in that game, and I'm and then and then I start hearing you know so then it, the news trickles out this way. <laughs> okay, so after the game, everyone's like, oh no, what's wrong with Ben? What's wrong with AB? Right, Ben. Eh, maybe you know. I, I don't really care about the Ben injury because I figured he's Ben. He's going to play. It really, Ben Roethlisberger. His arm could be torn off, and he would sew it back on zombie style and try to play. I wasn't really caring about what what the status of Ben's injury was. But then they said AB is fine. AB's cool. He's going to play. That's what they said right after the game. Talked to AB in the locker room. He says he's fine. He's going to play. Right. That's that's Saturday night. Going to Sunday. Hearing pretty much the same thing. Going Monday morning. I hear D'Angelo. Is going to a foot specialist. Now, now you don't go to a foot specialist when you're like about ready to play. So you got to. So that's when I started figuring. Uh oh, D'Angelo's not going to play. Sure enough, reports come out. Yep, D'Angelo very unlikely to play. Foot injury is worse than they thought. That's why he's seeing the specialist. Okay, D'Angelo's not going to play. That's not good. But Ben and AB are going to play. Totally fine. We're good. We can win this game. Next report is oh, Antonio Brown is. Is not doing well. He's he's still suffering from that concussion, and now the Steelers feel like it's unlikely that he's going to be allowed to play because uh, he has to get out of concussion protocol. Um, so now it's unlikely that AB is going to play. Right? Then today we're recording this on Tuesday. Today report comes out, and Ben Roethlisberger, can you shut the f up about your injuries? Because he loves to tell everyone what his injuries are. So at the at the exact same moment, Tomlin's doing his press conference talking about. I don't have a lot of news for you on Ben's injury, but I would categorize him as, quote, day-to-day, and I would say, you know, he has a chance of playing, but we're not going to say one way or the other. Ben comes out and goes, oh, yeah, my injury? Yeah, I got I got the this, this sprained, separated shoulder, which everyone knew about, and I also have two torn ligaments in the shoulder. Oh, really, Ben? You got two torn ligaments? Very cool. So now it seems like it's unlikely that Ben's going to play with two torn ligaments, or, I mean, if he is going to play, I mean, I don't imagine playing with two torn ligaments in your throwing shoulder. Things are going to be tossed in and around, you know, like Joe Montana out there. So now we go into Denver, 
and we're looking at uh, not only are we going to not have no Le'Veon, which we, we've known, we're probably gonna, well, we're definitely going to have no D'Angelo, and we're probably not going to have AB, and we're probably not going to have Ben. So I need you guys to talk me into this one. Because I do have, I think that there's a 99.9% chance that we lose this game, given all of that, but I do think there's a chance. But I want to hear from you guys first. <laughs> Joe, are you going to start? I, I guess. I know I, you I, got 0.1% in you. I was I was waiting for you to start. Okay, okay. So, well, so let me start here. So you're you're saying how are we going to win without Ben? If Ben doesn't play at all, I'm saying I'm saying going into the season, the only thing we said was the trifecta, the trifecta, the trifecta. Right now right. we're talking about going on the road and playing against. It could be anyone. I don't even care who we play. We're going on the road to play without the without the tri, just without the trifecta altogether. None of them. Zero percent of the trifecta. I, I mean, I I think that um, first of all, if if it's possible, if Ben has a chance to play, I would dress all three quarterbacks. This way, depending on what happens, you have your options open. Mm-hmm. But if Ben can't play, I definitely, you know, use Landry and Vic, and I'd probably start with Landry. And if he wasn't playing well, I'd put Vic in to get a spark and and play a whole totally different offense, possibly. Maybe do the read option, things like that. I'd put some package in that is different than Landry. Maybe that makes it too hard on our offense. I don't know, but okay, it definitely. It you got a week. Oh, a week, yeah. You put a whole new package in. Guess what? But, but I mean, they already have plays that they've run with Vic. No, uh, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, that they don't necessarily. Like Vic just got on the team yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and, and you got to manufacture yards and, and, you know, with TNT in there, that's, that's new. Boom, boom, baby. One thing, one thing they didn't use enough in the last game against Cincinnati was, uh, um, Heath Miller for whatever reason, only two catches for nine yards. It seems like when Ben's kind of, he couldn't. You know, yeah. Maybe have a difficult throw in the ball. He's the guy. To, he's a go-to guy. So anyway, um, I think offensively you manufacture yards and points, and then defensively, I don't know what to say about defensively because either Peyton's going to be on or he's not going to be on. And if he can't throw deep, it will make it easier to play defense because you don't have to defend the deep pass. Basically, you can everything could be tighter, and that will help a lot. Mm-hmm. But if Peyton's on, where he's just he just knows where to go with the ball quickly because he reads the defense and mm-hmm. he gets his and he gets his line to you know block the right way or gets the calls at the line. I mean, I think that could be trouble. I mean, I, I am a little worried about being down like twenty eight nothing in the second <laughs> quarter because of Peyton Manning. Now, granted, That's not, I just you're said not that. inspiring confidence, Mike. Hang Mike. on a second. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to give you the point one percent. Wait, you just what said happened? we're going to be down 20 nothing at halftime. I don't – how yeah, do we win? But wait, what happened last time we played Denver? It was basically the same score as right, 27 yeah, to 10 yeah. at halftime. Oh, ben, uh, we came ben, back. Ben and AB. But yeah, there was Ben on the field. Yeah. Ben and AB. Ben and AB. Oh, and D'Angelo. You know, I mean, that's just if you're one. Yeah. Okay. So how are we going to get that point one? You manufacture yards and points on offense. Yep. Uh, and then on defense, you just – you got to get to Peyton or you can't just let him control the game. And, and you have to make them struggle. And and you put it in the fourth quarter, and you make it another dramatic finish. Hmm? Yeah, that sounds about yeah okay. Joe, oh, I was about to say, man, even your point one's not in Mike's answer there. <laughs> Mike's just hundred <laughs> percent. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. You just well, no, he did listen. But he did no. He made he made yeah. It's twenty eight. It's twenty eight. Nothing in the second in the second quarter, Joe. Yeah, that's where he lost me. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm a little worried. Let me just start by saying why that's not going to happen. 
Because I agree with you, Mike. It is possible against Peyton Manning. But I don't think it's possible in this particular game with Peyton Manning. And, and here's why. Um, I, I remember when Peyton Manning came back from his, his neck injury, went out of the country of surgery and, you know, maybe he got, you know, whatever, whatever he did and he, and he worked out and he took an entire football season off. And I think in real terms, it was probably close to a year and a half that he hadn't played in a professional game. Um, and, and, so he came back and he probably felt better than he felt in years. He probably felt because he hadn't been hit in 18 months, you know, just been working out and, and, and studying and looking forward to this moment. And now finally, here's a real game and, and it's on national TV and, you know, and, and he just lit up the Steelers. Um, I don't think Peyton Manning is in that good of shape now. I mean, Peyton Manning was hurt earlier this year, um, obviously and, and had not thrown the ball well all year and, and really didn't do anything well in the, in the, in the few series that he played in the last game other than, you know, do a better job of audibleizing the running play and, you know, the blocking assignments and, you know, deter, based on what, what he saw the defense, you know, doing. Um, so, so I, I don't, I, I don't think Peyton, I don't think we're facing that Peyton Manning, the, the runaway success. I, and I do think he's he's going to have trouble throwing deep. He didn't even try to throw deep in that last game, um, and I don't think it's because he didn't want to. Uh, in, in the last game that we saw him, you know, playing right, the San Diego in, game, yeah, he came in in relief of uh, right. Osweiler. His longest so, his longest throw was 18 yards. So I, yeah. I think we're going to see that here. And, and really, what is the Steelers' defense? You know, the, the our our front three guys are are solid. I don't think we're looking for anybody. In, in there, I don't think we, I don't think we want for any anything in the front three. And the same thing with the linebackers. I mean, the linebackers are pretty, they're pretty solid. Um, where our defense suffers is the safety and the corners, the secondary. And if you can't challenge the secondary, I don't think, I, I think, I think you you miss out as a challenger to the Steelers. I think you miss out on the Steelers' weakest part of their defense. Um, so that's the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, I'm scared to death of Landry Jones. I am. I want to be a fan of him, but I'm not. I tell you now, he, he did not. He did not do one positive thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. And and then in defense of Vic, because Vic takes a lot of crap. Um, you know, in, in even in my circle, which includes you guys, um, as the Steeler, you know, in Steeler Steeler country, um, Vic. Vic came in and he did not play well. He didn't throw well in the games that he played in. I think he only played two games and he was on the team for about, you know, a week before he was thrown into the starting role and, and he knew he was going to start against the Ravens for, uh, you know, on Sunday and then the game was on a Thursday night. So yeah, yeah. He, he was on the team. He's been on the team since preseason, but he only knew he was going to start the week before the game. So, so at that point, he had been on the team for the last week of preseason, I think. Not the whole preseason. Oh, yeah, the last, it's like the last two weeks of preseason. Because he played okay. against the Packers a lot. Alright, and so that was week, um, three, right? The Ravens game? So um, it was about a month. He was on the team. About a month. Um, so now he's four. been on the team for, uh, four months, right? Um, a lot more time to learn the offense, a lot more time to, you know, to get acclimated with the guys and with the, with the plays and, and, and the playbook and the formations and that's, and the options and all of that. Um, so, um, you know, I think, I think judging Mike Vick, you know, in, in back in week three, 
and saying, man, he, you know, he really didn't do very well in week three and week four. Um, and saying that how that, you know, that's going to just translate to week, you know, 19. Um, that's a long time in between. There's a lot of time for improvement there. Um, and he brings with him, he brings with him something that, that is undeniable and is unstoppable. It's going to, it's going to be a difference maker in the game. Whereas Landry Jones may not complete a pass for an entire game. Um, Mike Vick also might not complete a pass for an entire game, but he will at some point make a splash play by taking off running. He'll convert unmakeable third, unconvertible third downs. He will, he will move the ball 50 yards because, because he can, because he can just take off. Um, and that, that happens at random. Um, and, and, uh, of course the defense is not going to be prepared for that. That's not what the Steelers do. Um, but it will be what they do with, with Mike Vick in there. And that, um, that is, that is the reason the Steelers have a chance to win with Mike Vick. And I think they have no chance to win, um, if they put Landry Jones out there. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Vick starting, Landry starting, I don't, uh, they would both give us very little chance to win. I think, I think, uh, the Steelers in this game have a problem, right? The Steelers in this game have a problem because their offense is built around Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, right? That is that is the offense. Uh, we've removed Le'Veon, but and we've put in D'Angelo, and that seemed to work. And then we removed D'Angelo, and we put in Toussaint and Todman, and they even made that work. Um, and so from a running game perspective, in a one-game sample size against Cincinnati, uh, I think the running game was fine. Um now we're, but now the problem is you're talking about you're not just going to remove one piece or two pieces. Now you're going to talk about okay, we're going to move Ben. Well, we've seen the Steelers without Ben, right? That happened for four games this year. Steelers were able to win two of those games in crazy fashion. Um, and a but you know AB was still on the team then, and so was Le'Veon. Um, so okay, so now we're going to remove AB, and this is where I think offensively it just is like. What? Okay, so now our starting receiver is going to be Marcus Wheaton, and then on the other side of him is going to be Bryant, and then you're going to have DHB in the slot, and then Sammy Coates is going to play on fourth down, or on fourth receiver. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a weird-looking offense. It's going to be a weird-looking offense. I think there's almost no... Right? I mean, look, if we're being real... If we're just saying we're, like, being realistic here, right? We're facing Peyton Manning in Denver. They have They have revenge factor on us. And they smell blood in the water because we have none of our good, we have none of our good offensive players. Um, it just seems like, like you said, Mike, twenty-eight nothing second quarter. I see that coming. I see that coming from a mile away in this game. But then, but then, but then I remember. I remember what why I thought the Steelers were going to win this game to begin with, even when when Ben was playing, and that was because I I thought if you go back and watch Peyton this year. The games in which he played well, the games in which he didn't throw a billion interceptions, are games in which their running game really get going, right? Um, the Steelers' run defense is actually really good this year, and like like you guys said, the front seven is really, really good. So we should be able to take away their running game, and now you're putting it all on Peyton. Um, and the other thing about our defense is that it's very opportunistic, right? The defense gets interceptions, Um Okay, well, that plays into Peyton Manning, who led the league in interceptions for the majority. In fact, he's second in the interceptions for the year, even though he only played like nine games. He has 17. Well, that's perfect, because the Steelers' defense is very opportunistic. They get turnovers. So that plays into it. Um, but 
you know, for me, it was like, going into this game, I figured there's almost no way we lose because it's either that version of the game that happens, right, which is that Peyton just goes noodle arm on us, we don't, we stop their run, and uh, we're just getting a bunch of turnovers, and then Ben plays, and we're good, and we just score on them, and it's fine. Or the other, I mean, the other version of this game, right, is that it's it's a shootout, but we can win a shootout anyway because we have so much offensive talent, right? Now you, okay, so the problem for me is you have to take away the offense, right? So forget about it, you have to take away the offense. Well, I go back to a game this year where this is what gives me the glimmer. And I, I, I lied to you guys when I said I think there's only like a 0.1% chance of winning. I think there's like a 5% chance, right? And the reason is Cardinal Steelers. Cardinal Steelers is the exact replica of what you have to rec- what you have to do in this game. The replica recreation of this game is Cardinal Steelers, right? It is a low scoring, crappy, defensive, getting big turnovers, keeping control of the ball on offense and then making uh, any kind of splash play on offense happen. And it starts with the defense making the plays and then on offense um just don't screw it up. The only thing on offense that needs to happen is don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. That's it. Just don't turn the ball over, and we're fine. And the Steelers can do that. They, they showed that in in the Arizona game, right? Um, that was a game in which, uh, you know, sorry, Joe, but Vic played for the majority of the of the game, right? He played for, what, three and a half quarters, um, was very ineffective, but but to his credit, didn't turn the ball over. Right, did not turn the ball over. They didn't give Arizona any short fields. The defense got a ton of turnovers. I believe we had four in that game, um, three in that game. But we didn't turn the ball over. Then Landry comes in um, and drives right down the field. Boom! Now we take the lead, and then at the end we sealed the deal with another touchdown. Um, that is the blueprint to me. That is it. Um, uh, come on, Landry threw a two-yard pass to Bryant and went for like seventy yards. I look, I don't want to argue about whether or not Landry or Vic is better. Like, I think they're the same player. They're both very prone to turnover uh, at this point, and they're both capable of splash plays. Uh, I think if you're going to take away what Landry did in that game, I mean, that's that's fine. But if you take away what Vic did in San Diego, their stats are, like, identical. Um, yeah. I think that they're, they're different players, but they kind of give right. you about the same result. Right. That's, yeah, exactly. So I'm supposed to be the optimistic one here and with a 0.1% chance and I didn't give us very much of that. Joe gave us a great point one percent chance. And Tony, you took the point one and made it five percent. I'm making it five percent. I and I lied. I didn't say I was gonna say no, I think Arizona look the thing about this team is like, you know, we would be arguing theoretical here, right? We would be going, oh well, if we had our backup in and then we did this and the game went that way, then I guess it could turn out this way, right? The the thing we're arguing it's this is not theoretical, right? This is not a theoretical like if it plays out. This happened this year. This is the problem with this blueprint. This blueprint was Arizona took control of the game in the first half. Okay, they went up and down the field. And what they what did they do that you can't do when you're dominating a team? Not that they were dominating, but they were outplaying yeah, us. They were outplaying us, but they were they didn't score. Right, they, they turned over field goals, yeah. turnovers. Right, and they kept us in the game. That blueprint, yeah, that's the blueprint, but that's that's hard to replicate. Where you know, I guess I guess it's not hard to replicate, but that needs to be a key is. You know, it's it's kind of obvious to say, oh, just don't let them score. <laughs> keep keep <laughs> no, them out but, of the end zone. But, like, for whatever reason, you know, and, I mean, look, we even saw it this week, right? The defense comes up from time to time. Like, it has its they bad do. games, but every once in a while, they have one of those games. And this is against – Arizona lost two games this year. The crazy thing is, Arizona – or I guess they lost three, right? Because they lost to Seattle at the end? Yeah, 13-3. and three. They lost three games this year. One of them was against us. One of them was yeah. against us, and we didn't have Ben. 
So now we're going to face a, 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 the number one seed in the AFC, a team that everybody thinks is going to beat us. We're not going to have Ben. Um, you know, the only other difference between now and between this game and that game is going to be that, um, you know, against Arizona, we were at home. And, and I think that does matter. I actually think that does. Yeah. That's why I, I would say it's a much higher percentage that we could win this game than five if this were game were in Pittsburgh. But you're talking about, you know, going on the road and doing this in a hostile environment. Ugh. I mean, I, I was confident in our defense to stop that last drive against Cincinnati against A.J. McCarron. Right. But how do you let A.J. Green be that wide open? You got two guys around him, and he still catches the ball easily. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they're not perfect. Was, I mean, you know, they're good, yeah. but not perfect. Yeah. I'm just surprised that they're going to implement the new uh, overtime rule for this game Saturday night or, or Sunday afternoon with the Steelers-Broncos. What do you mean? The well, the overtime, like if it goes to overtime, the overtime is it's Peyton Manning versus Ben Roethlisberger who could throw the ball further, <laughs> and that's who wins the game. <laughs> you didn't hear that? No, I didn't hear that one. I didn't, I didn't hear that one. Oh, yeah, that's the new that overtime great, rule. Great. That's great. You know, not, you know here's, the, here's the thing we're not talking about. I know we're all talking about, like, what, you know, what backup should play and, and uh, that. I, yeah. Okay, the torn ligament, like, I, I believe probably AB doesn't play. If he's in concussion protocol, he still has headaches, he probably doesn't play. We know D'Angelo's not. He's got a foot specialist not playing. At this torn ligament thing with Ben, I Wait. still think there's a chance he plays. Not a chance. Ben is definitely playing. <laughs> I, I think. I don't. Hey, know, I there's mean, no way he's not playing. Feeling too. I think Ben's going to play. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. I don't know. What would you like? Your percentage wise, what would you say? I, I'm going to say 100. percent He plays now. Now, how effective he is? That's a whole other story. And and can he really throw the ball? You know, 30 yards or whatever. Right. But I think that I think it's, it was proven. And even though Tomlin alluded to, you know, he's going to do what's best for the team, it was proven uh, Ben, who can't throw the ball that far, is probably better than Landry and Vic just because he knows his offense that much. Yeah, oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is a much better option or than either the either the other back the backups are, I think. But um, you know, th- this is a pain tolerance. You know, risking. F- here's the here's the question. Let's say that doctors said to you. You let Ben play. There's a 30% chance he worsens this injury and it will be it'll continue in the next season. You play him anyway. No, and, right. And I think if that's what Tomlin's up against, I think he's going to say the same thing. All right. Yeah. But if that's, that's not the case, he's playing. Of course, of course. If it's just like, oh well, it's just about pain. You know, you can you probably won't re-injure it, but it's just about pain tolerance. Then I'm going to say, shoot that shit up with painkillers and let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I'll just say, hey, you know, you could do it in Cincinnati right after the fact. You know, you had eight days. Well, he's Which got, is yeah, and the uh, the thing about it, he's at, he had adrenaline and he had painkillers in that game. No, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In <laughs> yeah. what game did he have painkillers? Cincinnati. You don't think he took painkillers when he went? Oh, to the locker? I, I'm sure he did. But this, oh, and I started thinking about this. I started thinking about like they gave it to him, and they're like, "Man, I'm sorry, but it's going to take like 30 minutes for it to kick in." And that's why he didn't play that first drive because they were just trying to buy time to, I don't know. It was that weird, makes sense. And, and it, it probably was... never did kick in because he still couldn't throw the ball far. Yeah, yeah, he was. He loves to play up his injuries, so that's the thing about Ben. You yeah. can't trust yeah, him with this. So what? He's I know. That's why. That's why I say he's going to play. Yeah, because he's probably making it sound worse than it is. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's going to be kind of a neat cycle game because because now the Broncos got to be like, well, we're not going to face Ben. We're going to face right. you know Landry. Right. Uh, hey, the talk about Tom this. hasn't named a starter yet, but I think he did say. Well, he didn't name a starter, but he did say that something about Landry. So yeah, no, 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 that's right. No, he didn't. He said he's open to anything. 
Because I think, because I think what's going to happen is what if, if Ben doesn't play, I think Mike, your your option is exactly right. I think there will be packages for Vic, and there will be packages for Landry. Yeah, um, it's the best unless, way to play. It's the best unless way to play. like unless he starts Landry, and Landry just is very effective. Right, and he still may if he has packages for Vic, he may still bring yeah, him he in. He may though. start Vic, and, and you know, and Vic is effective. I mean, without AB, here's the thing: the worst the worst problem with Vic, right? The reason why I think I think they benched Vic. Was because he wasn't, you know, it wasn't that he wasn't effective, but he he wasn't on the same page. He never got on the same page as AB, whereas yeah. Landry did, right? And, and you know, the problem is we have AB. You have to be on the same page as AB. He's too good, um, you know. But AB's not playing this game, <laughs> so, so who cares? <laughs> who cares? You know, Vic seemed to be on on the same page as Wheaton uh, in a couple of those games, and he loved Bryant in the preseason. So. Um, but Ben's playing. He's the hero. Look, I, and the more I think about this, uh, against Cleveland, you know, when uh, when Landry got hurt, like, very early in the game, I, that, the more I think about it, I think Ben paid him off. He said, Landry, man, you got to fake an injury, man. I need to get in this game. I need to be the hero and come back in and save the day. He, t- he loves his heroics, man. <laughs> so do I. We all do. <laughs> he, like, he play, I don't know. He's a weird, he's a weird guy because he plays it up so much. I'm excited to hear you guys because you know we did it when we did it we did this Peyton thing we talked about it uh, you know a couple weeks ago and you guys were all like oh no we couldn't you know I don't want to face Peyton because Peyton's too good and Peyton coming back is gonna be bad for us and now you guys are all on board I'm like the nope Peyton's gonna throw a billion interceptions we're fine Wait, did you you didn't hear me twenty eight nothing <laughs> okay yeah you're right <laughs> that you're could right. happen you're right. But it also could happen. I mean, uh, you know, ho- hopefully, like I said, hopefully he can't throw the ball deep and we understand that quickly and we tighten up all the coverage and it makes it really hard for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to play soft in this game. You know, this, you know, the, this game does remind me though a bit, and I think it might even play out this way. It does remind me a bit of, you guys are going to get mad at me, but it reminds me of the Tebow game a lot in that we're going to be facing a quarterback who we assume can't throw, right? So we're almost going to give no respect to that. Like I assume, Butler's coming with like a billion blitzes in this game. Um, I assume that the, the the defensive thing is just going to be to wreak havoc on Peyton, like we did in two thousand and five. Um, you know, and just just blitz, 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 get to him. And the problem it with that like is, is, you know, Tebow yeah. did it to us, right? If you, it's just it just takes one bad move uh, because yeah. because Denver has good receivers that you know he just bombs one for eighty, and they're not even bombs, but just hits one for eighty, and you're done. I mean, that seems like the most effective way, especially against Peyton, is to get, you know, that's when he gets rattled, you get pressure on him, and he starts getting frustrated, and it's, you know, he has to get rid of the ball quicker than he wants to. But if his arm's not that strong, and you drop eight, and you rush three, I mean, sure, he could be back there and find the guy wide open, but if he has to squeeze balls in, and he doesn't have a strong arm, that should be in our favor. Yeah. Should be. I mean, well, I mean, look, there's a version of this game where it's just, oh, it's the Steeler defense that played the Raiders and the Seahawks. Well, then, good, good luck, Peyton. You're going to throw 50 on us. Do you think that we might be out of out of gas just because we've so emotional game against Cincinnati, or maybe our pixie dust has run out? I mean, granted, we lost to the Ravens whatever three weeks ago. We had to rely on the Jets or, or rely on Buffalo and and even get past that uh, the long pass at the end of the Jets game where the guy could have caught it and. It still won the game, and now we got past this, uh, you know, Bengals game. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem for us is that we beat Denver by outscoring them the last time we played them, um, and that offense then has disappeared since then. It's just gone, you know. And, and I think even if Ben plays, it's not like Ben, you know, was just, you know, went to town on on Cincinnati a week ago, right? I mean, 
you know, this was a very conservative game plan where he didn't even try the, to throw the ball downfield. He didn't have a spectacular, he didn't have a, a very good game. There were balls tipped at the line. He, he took atrocious sacks, including the one where he, he got hurt on. Um, he's not the same Ben as the last time we played these guys. So, what do you think? Like in the first half of the first quarter of the Bengal game, mm-hmm. all he threw were like screen passes, yes. and everything was really, really short. Was right. it the weather, or do you think he was hurt? I, no, I, I don't think he was hurt. Or I don't think it was the weather. I think it was just. The, I think it was the game plan. I think that they wanted to get him. I think. Look, I think the coaching staff sees the same thing we do, which is that this is not the same Ben as when we were scoring thirty on everybody. Right? So what happened? And I think that they were trying to get him into a rhythm. Trying to get him some easy throws, get him into a rhythm. Okay, and now, you know, and like you would do, I mean, look, it sounds crappy, but it's, it's like you would do for a quarterback yeah. who's young and struggling, right? You want to get him some confidence early and then go. I don't know what happened to Ben. But they are, I maintain he lost his get, mind against Denver in that throw. The throw against Denver, like he just lost yeah. his mind. But they, they, I think they also want to get Martavis in the game early too. Yeah, they were throwing, they were throwing little in passes short, to Toussaint. You know. They were doing the screen to yeah the screen to, to oh yeah that's true they probably want to get T T in the in the in yeah the and they were also. throwing they were throwing little out routes to to A B there was the third down the third the weirdest call is the third and four little tight end blooper where you throw it to uh, Miller at the line of scrimmage and he has to run run through defenders for four yards yeah um, and he doesn't get it and it was just what it was a weird. So yeah, I mean, look, like I said, there's a five percent chance we win. I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and like, if we're doing score predictions, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not predicting us to win. I think we lose. Uh, I'm going to predict us to lose. Um, I think this, this, you know, it most likely, you know, and I'm going on the information I have on Tuesday, which is Brown out, Ben out, D'Angelo out. Um, uh, you know, I, we're facing the best defense in football, and uh, even if e- even if Ben I'm sorry, even if uh, Peyton plays poorly, you still have to hope that Landry and Vic don't screw it up, right? Uh, and when you're playing a team like Denver on the road in a divisional playoff round, um, you know, this is not without any of your star players on offense. There is no one that's going to bail out Vic or Landry. Um, I think we're going to lose. And I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think we're going to lose something like, you know, worse, 20, 28 to 6 would be my score. That's my. Do you want the five percent score? I mean, the five percent score is like you know, twenty to thirteen. That's the five percent score. Steelers. Well, I don't like your score. Sorry. This is this is battle. They've never predicted back to back Steeler losses, by the way. But I'm, <laughs> I'm back to back predicting us to lose. So, what do you think? Score prediction. Oh man, I wish I knew who who was going to play at quarterback. Um... Listen, there's always you can always do that. The if this then that score, it's, it's totally yeah, allowed. Yeah, I know you want like three. You want three predictions. Um, <laughs> One for each quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't guess it's going to be a high scoring. I'll get I'll give the Steelers twenty five, maybe uh, maybe thirty one if there's some defensive points in there, um, and then. Uh, and I, but I do think they'll handle the, the Broncos 20, 25-17. 25-17. That's a good score. You know, there's really five quarterbacks in the mix in this game, right? Osweiler's in there, too. Oh, Osweiler, oh that's, this is what my brother texted me the other day. He's like, here's our best ch- chance to win is to screw Peyton up so much but not screw him up enough that he gets benched or hurt. Like we have to straddle. Well, the line. Why would we not want Osweiler in the second half? The guy who you know under Osweiler's uh, general Osweiler, the uh, Broncos scored nothing. 
Yeah, I just I think I think there's that there's that mentality of like Steeler defenses do poorly against like when the when the backup comes in instead of it just like getting even worse sometimes it gets a little better. Yeah, is that mentality? But I agree with you. I'm not scared of Osweiler either. Okay, we're gonna get to 22 points by four. You know, cool as a cucumber. Boswell field goals. We're gonna get a uh, a touchdown. I hope this adds up. It does. I'd, I'd hate for it to not add up. After I promoted our 22 points, we're going to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, mm-hmm. and we're going to get a safety. Boom, 22. 22. 22. And they're going to get 20. So we're going to win 22 to 20. Ooh. Would this, well, gonna, let me ask you guys this. It's going to be dramatic at the end, too. Would this be the most improbable, if, if this were to happen, and let's say Ben doesn't play, Brown doesn't play, D'Angelo doesn't play, is this the most improbable win in Steeler history. I, I've always maintained that in my lifetime, the craziest thing I've ever seen, the most improbable Steeler win I've ever seen, is 2005, divisional round, against Peyton and the Colts. Um, it's Ben's second year. It was a game where no one thought the Steelers were going to win. I didn't think the Steelers were going to win. Um, and they came out and shocked them. Went up early. I mean, this is the Bettis fumble game. This is the Vinatieri game. Um, does this, is this, would this be up there for you guys? It would not for me. I mean, that that is number one forever, probably, because just like you, I thought I thought I was watching that game just to watch my team play. Yes. Because I knew Peyton was going to win, and I was going to root for Peyton to you know knock the Patriots out of the playoffs. I can't remember; they weren't in it. They were, were in, in it? it. They were in it. They were in it. They yeah. Were, yeah, they were playing. Dead. Oh, they were going for three in a row. Right. Yeah, we needed them to get knocked out, and uh, or actually, they got knocked out the night before, if I remember right. Anyway, I thought I was just going to watch. Peyton, you know, advanced to the to the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, Ben comes out throwing the ball, which uh, no one expected. Play action passes to tight ends, and we take an early lead, and so that was really unexpected. This, um, I don't, I mean, even even without all the players, I don't think it would be that surprising, especially because you don't know what you're going to get from Denver's offense. Peyton really is. You know, he's as much an X factor as any of our backups are going to be, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's um, impossible to imagine a win against this Bronco team because they're just not that convincing. The Broncos aren't. Um, but uh, you know, so you, I kind of, I kind of liken it to the, I guess it's the '89 playoff game against the Oilers. But they were a talented team that the Steelers had no business beating, and they beat them. It would be – I, I will say, though, I mean, I think I think without without the trifecta of winning a playoff game, just nuts. Just a nut, Just a crazy – and I know – look, I agree with you guys that it's possible, but I think it's just a crazy thing to consider, right, that uh, this the Steelers' no trifecta goes on the road, wins a playoff game. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be saying that if we were playing any of the other AFC opponents – I wouldn't be saying that. If we were playing the Chiefs today, I'd have told you, nope, not going to win that game. Patriots, so, nope, um, not going to win that what game. What does it say about Tomlin if, Tom, if the if if the Steelers can go to Denver without Ben or Le'Veon or uh, Williams or Brown playing in the game? Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention uh, Pouncey. No Pouncey, uh, no Beecham. Yeah, I mean, if we're going down the list, sure. What does that say about Tomlin then as a coach? I mean, I think he's, I think, I think the, the win against Cincinnati even say, says the same thing, which is that this is a guy who gets his team, you know, they, the, the worst thing people say about him is that he, he, he doesn't win the games against, um, 
He doesn't Master win games team. against the lesser teams, but you can't say that he doesn't win some, you know, just some dirty, disgusting, like you had no business winning this game type of games. Those are the ones he lists for. It's the it's the style points out the window games that that is the Tomlin mo. Well, then you got one coming up this weekend, Sunday night. <laughs> hey, I, um, I'm going to predict the drama. So we're winning 22 to 20, and they're driving down, and they get in field goal range, long field goal range as time is running Wait, out. Don't so they're say like, though, because you're going to jinx it. No, not Shazier. Three seconds left. They kick a 54 yard field goal. It is on target, and it hits the crossbar, bounces out. <laughs> Love it. You know, it's in Denver though, so like it would have to be 64 for it to hit the crossbar. Yeah, I was thinking a longer, but I think if it's like 60, they may not attempt it. So yeah. Well, with Peyton's noodle on, they have, they have to attempt it, right? Because they can't, you can't noodle they, on it into the they'd Hail put, Mary. They'd put Brock in for Hail Mary, wouldn't they? Ooh, you think, how, how pissed would Peyton be? <laughs> Peyton be like, well, at least let me go out for the pass. <laughs> Peyton catches the Hail Mary. Peyton catches it. <laughs> <laughs> so we, okay, so other things we need to talk about uh, beyond, the, beyond this Steelers-Broncos, um, which, by the way, if we do win this game, I mean, it really, if we do win this game, it really depends on what the hell everyone is after, right? I mean, you assume that if Brown doesn't play, he would play the next week. Um, but will is is Ben's tor- how how torn are these ligaments in Ben's shoulder? Is he just out for the playoffs, or is he just out for this game, or did he play in this game? And then the same thing for D'Angelo, right? How bad is that foot injury? But it does set up no matter no matter what. If we win this game, it does set up for a very interesting AFC Championship game that I think either way has uh, some pretty interesting revenge factor for this team. Uh, that I would be very interested to watch. But anyway, let's talk about let's talk about the. It is, oh, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. It's interesting that we've played every team in the playoffs. I think, except Carolina. Houston, I guess. Oh, you no, mean, I mean in the, on the AFC side. Yes, yeah, we, um, we played everybody. And I would say, going back to something you said earlier, the goal of this team is to get in the playoffs with the trifecta, with Ben, AB, and Le'Veon. Right. So next year, I mean, the goal of this team is just to get into a playoff game with those three guys healthy and ready to play. We've still never and we'll seen see it. we'll see what can happen. Still never seen it. We may never, see, never it. see it. It may just be that the football gods are not going to let us see the trifecta play a football just, game together. Or no, play a, they're they're, they're going to let it all ferment and and have it in place when our young defenders turn into stars like Shazier is hoping to become. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird, this team. That's probably the number one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend is to see Shazier play again. Yeah. Because yeah, right, I see want to see can... if he can carry that forward. Yeah. He's got to feel like a million bucks right now. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. you got to not buy into that press. But I, I, I think um, I think I, I'm with you guys. I think he's going to come out and, and play really well. I think the defense – I'm not too worried um, about the defense, you know, like just completely getting, you know, shattered. Right. I, I mean, my 28 points is – you know, some of that is turnover, offensive turnovers. Um, you know, like we've we've just had some really silly turnovers these past couple of weeks, and and even in even in Cincinnati, we didn't talk about it. Marcus Wheaton's fumble is just—it's like what you just—he didn't even get hit; he just dropped the ball. Um, I don't even remember that. Was that early? Wheaton's fumble. I mean, it was decently yeah. early. Did he get hit from behind or something? No, he's like on a wide receiver screen. He starts avoiding players. He's going to the ground. He fumbles. He just, ball just falls out, and he's like, he grabs his head like, oh, no, I can't believe that happened. This was at about midfield. Was this the one where I thought, and this you is thought his wrist was thing. down. Yeah, you thought his yeah, wrist I thought down. Yeah, I mean, isn't your wrist down or your wrist part of your hand? Yeah, wrist part of your hand. It's it's forearm. So it's your forearm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, All right. So, so you're on to something yeah, else. Yeah, going to the wild. Let's go to the wild card round. Um, 
we we got to got to talk about Seahawks Vikings. Hey, the Seahawks are always a fun thing to talk about on this podcast because you guys, um, let's just say, are not not believers. Uh, and, True. And two, if there was ever a game that non-believers would be angry about, this is the one. So I'm just going to let you guys sound off on the Seattle Seahawks because this was a crazy game. Played in like two-degree weather. Seattle had no points through three quarters, no semblance of an offense through three quarters. Um, then Russell Wilson... Makes a spectacular play. The one where he, the hike it over his head, he falls on the ball, no one's there, he gets up, he runs around like a maniac, finds a guy 10 yards down the field who then runs for like 30 more yards. They get a touchdown on that one, they take the lead. The rest is history. Blair Walsh misses a field goal at the end. Uh, crazy. <laughs> what else do you want us to say? You just said it all. I mean, the Vikings outplayed him the whole game except for one play, and Russell Wilson, you know, made the play. And, uh, then Adrian Peterson had an unfortunate fumble, but the Vikings still did enough to get back in position because they, they outplayed him the whole game. They outplayed him on the last drive. They did everything right except make a field goal. Well, they did, they know they missed more than that. They, they did it. They did. You have to be fair. Okay. So it, it is so ironic. Um, and I don't, I don't think the Walsh kid is taking, I don't know how much crap he's taking in Minnesota. It doesn't seem like he's getting much. From the sports media, he's like, you know, you gotta make that kick. You gotta, and, right. you know, so okay, you know, everybody knows that you gotta make that kick. But he is responsible for a hundred percent of the points that they had. Right? True. Am I wrong about no, that? No, you're right. Yeah, they did not once, well, during the process of outplaying the, the Seahawks for 59 minutes of that game, um, they managed to get the ball into the end zone exactly zero times. And were it not for Walsh, they would have exactly zero points to show for it. Um, so, so yeah, okay, you know, I, he missed that last kick, and it, and it was awful. And I actually screamed out, couldn't believe it. I think like half the country probably did. Yes. Um, like, oh no, he missed it. Um, but uh, but no shame on the Vikings. You can't. We say, how many times do we say this? If you're beating the crap out of a team and you're kicking field goals, you are setting yourself up to lose the, the football game because a quick, a quick lucky play. And and you know anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that you know I, I'm no apologist for the for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and and I'm not going to start to be one now. But I will say this, in in you know paying closer attention to the Seahawks. And what makes them tick? Uh, offensively, their offense is Russell Wilson, and that's it. Um, and, and that guy, I, I guess my my big my big hold hold back with him, um, or the put off with me with him is that I didn't think he's a good passer, a good quarterback as far as the position of quarterback, how it should be played, and and how it lends itself to a football game. Um, but the guy is, you know, what he is is a playmaker. That's what he is. He's a playmaker, and that. That and this that was that was um, personified in this game on that broken play. Heikett passed his head over his shoulder, misses the snap, and and then picks up the ball, scrambles around, avoids the twenty yard loss, and turns it into the really the only meaningful offensive play that that Seattle had the whole game. Um, and uh, and they end up getting a touchdown and into the game, and, they, and the, everything changes. From that play forward, um, and it was made by Russell Wilson, the play playmaker amongst football players. Um, he's the best playmaker in the league, uh, and I, I think that, and he's largely responsible for the success of that team. It's 
certainly offensively, and, and maybe even more than that. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to Seattle, they were without Marshawn Lynch in this game. They didn't have their best running back, but they have been... They've been um, who doesn't want to play? I mean, has this guy gone full full Ricky Ricky Williams? Well, he's he's been injured for about, I don't know, six weeks now. It's, it's been longer than that. I mean, he's, he was cleared to play, and he said, no, 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 I don't want to play. Was he cleared to play? He was cleared to play, and he said, I don't think I can do the team any good, so I'm... And right. he didn't even go. He didn't, he didn't go, go to the game. game. I know he didn't go to the game, yeah. Dude, that dude's checked out. He's, he's gone Ricky Williams. He's probably with Ricky Williams right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's weird. That's weird because he was uh, was a great player for them early. I mean, well, maybe not earlier this year, but uh, last year he was great for them. They're going to need him if they're going to go anywhere forward. But yeah, you said it. I mean, they did. You know, the the uh, the Vikings didn't. They drove. They drove. They did well to drive down the field, but they didn't get. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And, and it just seems like the you know the football gods will punish for you every time if you don't if you don't score a touchdown. You are not winning football games. I mean, if you leave that, if you leave those teams hanging around, they, you know, you get punished. Um, I feel bad for that kicker though, and I feel bad for Vikings fans. If you watch some of those lines, uh, they're sad. I mean, it's sad. They're all, they're all so happy to take the vine, you know, do a little selfie. Oh, I'm... there's one guy at a bar, and he's, he's like, I'm not even gonna watch. I'm not even gonna watch. And then you just hear the entire crowd go, Oh, and then the realization comes across his face. Of like oh oh we oh we miss oh we missed oh oh bad. It reminds me of uh, you guys remember the Steelers playoff win against the Jets in two thousand and four when um, yes we just had we had just we had just like Ben tried to he threw two terrible picks I think one of them was in, like overtime um, and the guy had easy he had easy field goals like these were not like you know. Super long. Like I think one of them was like forty-one, and the other one was like thirty-seven or something. And he missed them. The Jets guy missed them both. Reminding me a lot of that. Even in, in the Indianapolis game we talked about, I mean, Vander Jagan had a chance at the very end to tie it. Tie it, yeah. And he, he really missed it. it. He shanked it. I mean, tw- you know, look, not twenty-seven is really close. That's way too short. Really close. But I mean, it's, it's, it's two degrees. I mean, that, that's the thing about this game is it was played in two degree weather. You know, anything can happen. There had to be something. I mean, was it that the laces were in, or did the ball, was it slipping? Laces out, ice? Dan. I loved all yeah. the Ace Ventura memes that came online after the game. Yeah. No, because he had made one longer than that in the first three that he made. And the, and the not all the, he, he even said not all the holds were perfect. He had made one with the laces yeah. out of place earlier. He said, he said, look, from that distance, I should have been able to kick a watermelon through the right. uprights and, but I just wonder if you hit a ball with the laces like that, and if you hit it like too inside the ball, or, like or too you know too much on one side of the ball, that the laces really take more effect than if you hit it straight on. You know, or, you know, what I think I think I kicking know. is is like golf and like bowling. Yeah. They're like you know I know they're physical sports, but they're mind over muscle, right? You have to control, and and so you go up to make a spare shot, or you throw your your strike ball in the bowling. And then, and then at the last second, inexplicably, your hand twists or whatever, and yeah. and that's why you're not a professional bowler. But that happens to everybody, right? Um, every, every now and again, the less it happens to you, the better shot you have at being a pro at one of those sports, right? Same thing with golf. You know how to swing the club. You know, how to, you know, you know where the, you know where the pin is. You know, how to, you know all this stuff, especially putting, right? Um, and it's just a matter of can you can you control your muscle? Can you is it mind over muscle? And and it, I think kicking is is very much that same thing. And I think the moment just freaked him out at the last second 
And if you're just off by like a centimeter, it makes a big difference. It in just sure. changes everything. Uh, but for for this, as far as heartbreaking playoff losses, um, for me, the one that comes to mind first. I know there were there were many of them in the in the Cower era, um, but uh, the one the one that just ripped my guts out the worst was one we should have had one was the San Diego the loss to San Diego. Oh. 1994. 94. 94. We would have faced the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl that year, but yeah. instead the Chargers advanced and that was in, that was at the old Three River Stadium. O'Donnell was quarterback. O'Donnell thrown into the end zone, I think to Barry Foster in the end zone and, and, um, the last play, gets yeah. knocked away on the last play of the game, but, but the game was won and then there was a, what was it? It was not a pick. It was just a, a throw from quarterback Stan Humphreys, I think, to, Tony I don't Martin. remember who. Tony Martin, I believe. He yeah, just got well, behind everyone. They had two huge plays in that game. They had that play, which was a long pass, and then they also had a, um, I think like a tight end that was kind of like, you know, wide open on a crossing pattern, and he just barreled all the way into the end zone on a long play. I mean, our defense played great, except for two plays. Yep. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, when we got T-Bowed. Yeah. Or, or when we got McCarron, almost. Almost. The, uh, so this sets up for a divisional round that looks like, uh, oh, and by the way, we're the last game. I don't know how you guys feel about being the last game. Would you rather be the first game of, oh. of, of divisional round weekend or the last? No, the last game, and this is why. Because at one point this season, we are going to be one of five teams left in the tournament. And and we're going to be interested in the first three games. You're going to watch the first three games with interest. If I, when I lose the first game of the weekend, I sulk and I don't even watch the other games sometimes because yeah. I'm a sore loser. Okay, you you didn't rage quit the you didn't rage quit out of a bar at Bengals game, so you're not a sore loser as I am. You, you mm-hmm. can you can take solace in that at least. No, we we didn't shut it off, but I mean I I was you know not even watching the game. I I mean it was on right in front of me, but I was just checked. Check you guys out. are crazy. I did not check out. I don't yeah. check out until they kneel, and then even when they kneel, I'm, I just remember the miracle in the Meadowlands. <laughs> Anything can happen, man. To me, it's it going to happen. The, the thing that got me, I don't usually do that either, but what, what really got me is I just was like, this is such BS that this team is going to lose two straight years to division rivals in the playoffs because of, like, largely because of some stupid-ass injury. Like, the Steelers don't lose to the Ravens if they have Le'Veon, and they don't lose to the Bengals if Ben doesn't get hurt. And yet, here we are, and they're going to lose. And it's like, I, this is unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah, losing to an, uh, a division team in the playoffs is terrible. And so now two years in a row for the AFC North, the wild card team takes out the division champ. Boom. Now can I want, can I wear my We Run the North shirt now, Mike? Is you- <laughs> That's true, you can. <laughs> we run the North. We do run the North. Um, all right, so Chiefs-Patriots. 4.30 on CBS. Um, this this is, you know, a lot of people are just saying, you know, oh, New England's probably going to win this game easy because uh, they're, you know, they got Amendola's coming back, Edelman's coming back. Um, you know, they're starting to get a little healthier. I think the Chiefs have a legit chance. I think the Chiefs are the kind of team that can beat the Patriots. Not to say that, you know, that they are going to win, but I I would not, this is not going to be one where I'm going to be completely shocked if the Chiefs are, are hanging south with New England. I think they can get to Brady, and I and I don't. The the problem with this team is that even with Edelman and even with Amendola and even with Gronk, the thing that Brady loves the most is the little back out of the backfield that they don't have, um, and so he's going to have to replace that with you know James White or Brandon Bolden or whatever their names are, and 
They just haven't been able to do that. And I don't think I, – I dismiss the notion that this Patriots team just checked out the last two games and threw. I don't think that. Um, and therefore, we have a team that completely backed in. And then on the other side, conversely, you have the Chiefs who are red hot. I mean, you know, they're, this is a red hot football team that hasn't lost in 10 weeks. Um, granted, you know, they haven't faced the who's who of teams in the NFL. But, you know, as they always say, you can only play who's in front of you. They won every game. So I think it'll be close. I, I like that matchup. I think it can be close. I think that if the Patriot offense uh, is what we saw in the last two weeks of the season, then it'll be close. And the Patri- I mean, the Chiefs have a really good chance of winning. However, unlike you, I think that the Patriots sandbagged the last two games. <laughs> and uh, they're going to come out, and their offense is going to be on fire. And it's going to be, oh, crap, the Patriots are back. And everybody watch out. I don't hope that happens, but that's probably remember what's going to um, Remember the, the last absolute shellacking the Patriots took by a team was to the Kansas City Chiefs last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was in Kansas City. The Chiefs just rolled them. Um, and then the Patriots were all pissed off because everybody was talking about, you know, Belichick and Brady, it's over. And then, you know, they won the Super Bowl. Um, well, well, they they got another Super Bowl. We'll just say it like that. And they were assisted by the worst offensive play call in football history. Oh, well, and then a few asterisks along the way in the playoffs. You know, a few underinflated balls and, you know, whatever else happened. So, um, the one yard line. So, um, so that, I guess the Chiefs thing can go two ways. Was the Chiefs victory, the beatdown of the Patriots last year, was that you know, because Andy Reid has their number, because they just man-to-man match up, you know, correctly against that team um, in their favor. Um, do the do the Patriots? Was it a fluke? And do the Patriots have this huge revenge factor that they're that everyone has long forgotten? But you know, we have we know they have long memories. Um, do do they want to? You know, so w- which is it? Who's got the who's got the advantage? And, and to tell you the truth, I. I you know who gives a shit, right? Hmm. Um, I don't care. I, I really don't care. I, ha- I have, I have, I have, I don't like either one of these teams. Um, I like the Patriots less. Um, so it would be funny to see them be one and done this year in the playoffs. I think that's what they deserve. Um, and then, and then that sets up for me. Um, that sets up the Steelers' revenge. They come out of Denver. They go to. They get that's the only way the Steelers get to face the Chiefs is if the Chiefs advance um, to the championship. So the Steelers go to championship game in Kansas City, take them out. Um, Would be I, I, well right, either, game, either way, it's a revenge. Either way, it's a revenge factor game, right? Because the Patriots got right. us in Week One. Right. The Steelers get to go to get they get to go to New England then and then and and, and do it there. So right. both of the games that we lost I'm, against those two those teams, I'm actually more away. pissed off. Like I feel like okay, yeah, you know the. Patriots game, we deserve to lose it, so I don't really care about it. Did I mean, we deserve, that game, did we? Because that was the bullshit, you don't, here's no Le'Veon, or no Le'Veon and no Martavis Bryant, and Brady, who's supposed to be suspended for four yeah. games, he gets to play. He gets to play, right. I mean, it's a complete bullshit game, but... But don't forget, um, Blunt was suspended, too. Right. <laughs> I mean, not that Blunt's been like... <laughs> the Blunt factor. Um... So I, I guess that one, I just, it didn't really piss me off much because I didn't expect anything out of that game. Right. But, yeah, I mean, if you say it that way with all the legalities, 
you know. I'm surprised you're so pissed off about the Chiefs game. The Chiefs game. When, when uh, we played with a backup level. quarterback. I mean, you know, that's almost expected as well. I know. I, Play with house money. I just, I just felt like, I just felt like that was a game that was so winnable for the Steelers. We could have won. Yeah. 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 If your backup quarterback's gonna win a game, it, it should be against the Chiefs. Yeah, but it was, it was on the road though. I mean, in, you know, I mean. And that might be why I have all this, this animosity for Landry, cause he lost that game. He, made, he didn't give us a chance. But he played my crap in that game, yeah. and I warned him. No, I mean, he did, he did give us a chance. We had, it's very okay. different to come off the bench. He didn't play great. He did okay. In he relief okay. than to start a game. But the thing is, the Very Chiefs were playing different. bad at that point. Weren't they like one and four or something? We, that, was start, that started the streak. Remember, they, they yeah. win that one. They don't we lose. are the first win in their in their now famous run of eleven wins in a row. That game turned. You know, because... And I got to tell you, for them beating the Steelers with Landry Jones doing absolutely nothing at quarterback, okay, at home, um, he didn't. In, in I, again, mode, I don't understand. Is this. no greater than the beatdown of the uh, stupid <laughs> Texans who, who couldn't beat their grandmas. Listen. If the grandmas kept their eyes closed for the whole game, listen, but BB was in front of them. I'm not listen. You guys can't take away from Land- like Land- in that game. Okay, yes, the Steelers did lose, but Landry came. It was 16 to three. Landry drives down, gets a touchdown, makes it 16 to 10. The defense then gives them a chance. Uh, they drive back down. It's 16 to 13. And the Steelers had a chance to win that game. The real difference was um, they turned the Steelers turned the ball over twice, and the Kansas City did. Right? I mean, that, you know, if we're Let's not say that Landry just like, oh, well, he threw it for him. Um, not that Landry played like a perfect game, right? He threw two interceptions in that game. One of them was a tip intercept, so, you know, if yeah. you want to blame it on him, it's fine. But, uh, you know, that wasn't like an atrocious performance or anything. But it was it was not good. I'll agree with you. Um, but I agree. There is a revenge factor. I mean, I'm with you, Joe. There is a revenge factor for Chiefs because, you know, it's the same way with both these teams. I feel the same way about both teams. I'm glad that you beat our B squad, but guess what? You got to face our A squad at some point. And I mean, for the Patriots, you don't. I mean, that's fine. We're gonna, you're gonna get, our only thing would be we'd have Brian in this game. If we can get our guys off the stretchers, yeah. then you can. Then yeah, then you can play us. Right? We got to well, get our A our A squad off the stretchers. Yeah, we have a whole nother week to talk about that game. Yeah. All right, so then you got Packers Cardinals. This game, I, I, w- I was intrigued in the, about this game until I heard Devontae Adams is out, and now. I mean, I don't even know if I believe that Aaron Rodgers is really back. He did that to Washington. Arizona's a much better team. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, as much as I like the Packers, I like Aaron, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, you know, first of all, they started out getting manhandled again against the, against the Redskins. I did not believe in the Redskins. I think rightfully so. They're, they're an improved team in a horrible division. Um, and, uh, and, and I think they showed it. I mean, they just, they just completely collapsed as soon as, the moment that the, that the Packers started to show signs of life, that was it. They folded. Yeah. Um, that's not going to happen in Arizona. No, I mean, like, the last week was a weird week of football because you had four, um, guys who had played real playoff football, significant playoff football against four, Guys who four quarterbacks who had never played. And, and am I wrong about this? Did all the road teams win? Yeah, all the right. all the road teams. All the all the, all, the, all the rookies lost, and all the road teams won. I mean, Arizona just has more of a team. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers may be back a little bit, and uh, I think it might be back and forth early in the game. But I think Arizona's just going to pull away. They're just more of a complete team. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think, and then okay, so then we go into Seattle and Carolina. Uh, this I think is, you know, we're talking about the most intriguing matchup of the, of the weekend. I think this is it, right? Um, 
you know, Seattle, who didn't look very good last week, uh, against a Carolina team who I think we're all kind of suspicious of because they didn't play well exa- exactly well down the stretch, and they lost to, to Atlanta, but they are 15-1. and one. Um, Then you have to wonder, like, how much of that game against the Vikings was, like, all about the weather. This should be not not a little uh, – slightly above two degrees in, in Carolina. Um, I'm excited to see this game. This is also becoming a, uh, a rivalry game as the Seahawks and Panthers have traded blows the last two years. Remember, the Seahawks um, eliminated the Panthers last year in the playoffs, and then the Panthers returned the favor by beating the Seahawks in the regular season this year. So this is their the rubber match. I'm hyped for this. I think this is it. Yeah, I'm interested in it too. This is, I guess it. I guess it's the most interesting matchup of the week. I don't know. I'm interested in all the games, but um, yeah, I mean these are these are. I don't know if they're the two best teams in the in the NFC, but they both have claim to it. Right. They both have a legitimate claim to it, and that's why it's so interesting because, um, you know, uh, when they played earlier, Seattle was playing was not playing its best football, and you know, there's there's lots of people out there now that are claiming Seattle's playing their best football. I don't know. They didn't show it in Minnesota, and they okay, maybe that's the weather, maybe not. Um, but now now we'll get to find out in Carolina because there's not going to be a you know, a weather factor like that. Um, and then the other side of that is Carolina, you know, who, who, who have they, who have they beaten all year? You know, I know you can say just play teams that are in front of you. Well, right. it's a different set of teams in front of you in the playoffs. You got one caliber in the regular season and we noticed, and now you're in the playoffs and we're noticing there's a different caliber there. So I, you know, it's not a, it's not a smooth transition. It's not a straight line from one to the other. It's like, Hey, you know, you're taking a little step here. Can you make that step? So that that's really the question for um, for Carolina. You know, most likely their road is going to go is going to be Seattle comes to town, and then they're going to have to head off to or no, Arizona, no, Arizona goes to them. Yeah, they have the top seed. Yeah, yeah. so Arizona, so it's going to be Seattle and most likely Arizona. Um, that you know that if they if they make it through that, that that you know you can't ask more of them. They took on the best teams in the in the league in the conference. Yeah, so I mean, Carolina's been you know. The best team throughout the season. I mean, they had the best record for most of the season and really ended up on top. So, but like Joe said, who have they really played? And now they're going to get tested. They are the new kid on the block and they're going to play the bully on the block or the incumbent in Seattle. And Seattle's playing much better than they were at the beginning of the season. So that's going to be a great game. It's going to be a true test. And if they get by it, then like you just said, uh, they got one more test. And if they get through that, then everyone's going to say, yeah, they deserve it. They are the best complete team, and uh, you know they they should have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. Then, but they've got to get by Seattle first. Yeah, and to all to any fans who are listening who are screaming at their podcast saying, "Ah, oh, they beat the Packers, they beat the Seahawks." Yes, we know they beat the Seahawks. We know they beat the Packers. We maintain we as a podcast maintain that those teams that they played were not the same teams that they're playing now. The Packers were in a major funk. Back, back then, maybe still are in a major funk. We don't even know. And Seattle, I mean, Seattle back when Carolina beat them was they were they were Seattle not going to make the playoffs. Seattle, not the Seattle that we see at the end of season. So uh, just want to clear that up. And then we get into our game. Our game is at four forty on Sunday. And I will say this: something weird always happens. Usually, well, oh, not always. Something weird usually happens in, in the divisional round, right? A team that you don't think is going to win ends up winning. If the Patriots beat the Chiefs, if the Cardinals beat the Packers, 
And if the Panthers beat the Seahawks and we go into Steelers-Broncos with nothing weird of happening yet, I'm going to start to feel real good about our chances. Then our chances go up from like 5% to like 40%. Just by like the laws of football. You know, they, they always say, you know, like uh, some weird happens in the, in the wild card round. Well, nothing really weird happened in the wild card round. All the favorites ended up winning. Well, I guess actually Green Bay wasn't a favorite, so technically not all the favorites won. But um, but you can't say that nothing weird happened. Correct. correct. I mean, correct. Some weird, some weird things happened. Uh, it is weird that all road teams won. Yes. Um, and then in two of the games, some very odd things happened. Yes. The end. Two two of the endings of those games of uh, the games were yeah very very strange. So I'm looking. But then you could say that the that the Texans, um, you know, showing up as the home team in a in a playoff game, that was a weird thing in and of itself. Well, I mean, I think I think you know everyone said throughout the season, right, that whoever plays the winner of the NFC East and the winner of the AFC South are going to have like basically bye weeks, and that really you know that played itself yeah, out. That did play. even though they played a little better at the end of their seasons, it still played right, itself. It still out. played itself out as you know we. So so I mean. Going into the divisional round, I mean, you have the one and two seeds on each side with home games. I mean, that's a big advantage. You have these teams who have great records, they're home games. So we don't have it in front of us. Maybe you could look it up or we could talk about it next week. But how often do they sweep? I mean, how often do all four teams sweep? Yeah. Last year it wasn't a one-two, was it? Last year it was... uh, I mean, all four of them I'm talking about. How, How often do all four home teams win? Well, let's look it up. And and And, you know, that... That goes to what are our chances of being the one team? So you're that's telling that. me there's a chance. Last year, uh, Indy beat Denver. <laughs> oh, the other thing we didn't talk about, and I and, and I didn't, you know, I mean, look, I don't want to sound like a Peyton hater here, but Peyton chokes in the playoffs. This is a thing. This is a thing that happens. It, you know, he lost to the Ravens in that weird game. He lost to Indy last year. Chargers uh, at one time. Yeah, he would just Chargers were a script on it. He lost to us. The Chargers were eight and eight when he lost. And he lost to us when we were. Whatever we were, ten and six. Yeah, yeah. That was so, uh, nine and seven. If you're talking about oh five, it was nine. And seven. No, no, oh five. We were eleven and five. Oh five. Yeah, oh five. We were. Yeah, we were a six seed. Yes, I know. We had to remember. We were seven and five. We might, yeah, we were eleven and five because we were seven and five. Yeah, we had just we lost, lost to the Bengals. Yeah, and uh, and everyone was like, "Oh, the Steelers aren't going to make it. It's unbelievable." And then we we had to win every single game from there on out. The next game was against the Bears in the snow. Yeah, I, know, I remember that part of it, but I thought we already had seven losses. No, we have five. Yeah, we have five. Okay, so the year before? 97 was 89, though, Joe. Yeah, 89, we were, we were, in 1989, we were 97. Okay, uh, the year before, 2013, San Francisco beats Carolina in the divisional round. They're a five seed beating a one, or five beating a one. That's 2000 and... Now, I, I want to know what, like, you know, was it two and two, three and one? I don't really care who did it. Oh, okay. So, okay, it was one, five, one, two in 2004, in 2013. 2014, it was 1-2 versus 1-4. Uh, so that's three out of the four made it. 2012, 2013 was 4-2, 1-2. So that's three out of four. And then 2011. 2011 was... 4-2, 1-2. And then I can already tell you what 2010 was because that was two six seeds. That was uh one six one six, right? No two six two six two six. So it was two out of four. That was the Packers Steelers Super Bowl. Yeah, Packers Steelers Super Bowl. So two road teams won the championship game. Yes. 
Interesting. And then so, uh, sorry, we'll go so, back to 09, it's 1512. So it hasn't been, so that's, uh, 1512, that's 3 out of 4. So it hasn't ever been 4 out of 4 home teams win. In the last, well, we've already gone back 6 years, yeah. And it's mostly 3 out of 4. The last time we won the Super Bowl, it was 2-6-4-6. So we're saying that if one of the road teams wins one of the first three games this weekend, we shouldn't even watch. <laughs> Don't even bother. Don't even turn it on. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. But, but it, it was 2 out of 4 in 2010, so it's five years later. Right. It's going to happen again. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, if we go in and nothing's happened, if we just go in and it's been chalk, Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. Other than the fact that this may have been the first year all road teams won the wild card round. True, true. So weird things that you're saying. Weird. Maybe all road yeah. teams win this one. Could be. That would involve Kansas City beating England and Green Bay beating Arizona, which I think are just so unlikely. All right. Anything else this week on the podcast? Nothing. We've right. said it all. And we have. We have. All right. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. Facebook and Twitter is Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. If you like or follow us on there, you get notified every time we go live on this thing every Tuesday night uh, on YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube. Go to our website. There's a YouTube link there. And if you subscribe to us on YouTube, you get notified when this thing goes live. Again, that's every Tuesday night we do this podcast. We will see you next Tuesday after the Steelers and Broncos play in the divisional round of the playoffs. See ya. Boom podcast. And I promise that my... So, can I ask you something? Yeah. Was your tape, like, running out? About? Like, when you did the ending to the podcast just now and you went through all the different places that you could, you know, hear the podcast or get the podcast... You like did it at like the you know at the end of like a at the end of like a um, a, a drug commercial. Oh, that's yeah, like, really fast. Yeah, and you said like what all the drug risks were. You know, this <laughs> yeah. drug, and you, you like there were like five hundred of them. You have to get that in in like mm-hmm. five seconds. It's just because um, I said it so many times. So and I thought maybe so oh, maybe the tape you were recording this on was just running out. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to leave us some feedback, you can go to our email address, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. Facebook and Twitter links, uh, you can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Podcast and Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. If you like us or follow us on either of those, you'll be notified because we do this podcast live every Tuesday night. And if you want to listen to it live, you can uh, like us or follow us. Or you can go to our YouTube page, find the link on the website. Again, that's SteelerCountryPodcast.com. Dot com and you'll be notified when this thing goes live. It's usually about 8 o'clock every Tuesday night. So we'll see you next Tuesday when the Steelers, after the Steelers, play the Denver Broncos. See you. Happy now? I can edit Dang. that back in. Man, well, that was good. much better, and I don't think you should edit it at all. You should just, I should just leave that in. I think you should take a vote now. Anyone <laughs> okay. still listening could email and say, you know, I like the fast Which version. You like? Now, you know what? The... Next week, one of you two is doing the outro. What You're supposed you to really put that up front, aren't you? Because no one makes it to the end of these podcasts. <laughs> Especially this one. This is like three hours yeah. long or something. Listen, yeah. these are our best ones, though. I'm, in trouble. Have, I'm, I'm sure you ran out of tape by now. <laughs>